WTF, welcome to Funkatopia. You know, I only have four of these mugs left before I'm going to have to order some more. So if you have not gotten your WTF mug, what's going on with the camera? This, this new computer stuff is like a nightmare for me because you have to like redo every single single setting that there is. It's, it's annoying. Right. So, I am your host, Mr. Christopher, and this is my illustrious co-host, Jeff Page. Christopher! <laughs> uh, and can hear me okay? We're good. We're good. Okay, good. That's all that I, it's, it's, yeah, it is, oh boy. So yeah, it is Tuesday, August, no, I'm sorry, not even August anymore. It's September 5th and man, we've got a great show here tonight. No rumors or conjecture as we had talked about before. No rumors or conjecture. No conjecture. Uh, primarily because of the fact that everything we have for you tonight is factual. Uh, I think there may be some weirdness in there, but I'll, I'll, I'll warn you to not commit to tell your friends at the water cooler tomorrow if there's something that's a little bit wonky. Uh, it's all good. Got my regular setup here. I'm really excited about that. And, um, you know, I'm pretty excited about it. I just, you know, how was your weekend? How, what did you do for Labor Day weekend? Uh, my, me, I, sp I spent time, of course, in the studio. But uh, a good friend of mine was having a, a cookout. And he he's one of the one of the kings of the brisket man the dude can throw down so i went and had some some tear down tear down food at a, at a buddy's house so that was cool that was cool and he gave me he gave me some to take home so i've been tearing that up for the past few days like arr, 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 arr. yeah that's the way to go right there man barbecue is always <sighs> the way to go i did not have any barbecue uh, matter of fact, we went up to uh, Dahlonega is where we went up to because um, in-laws were up there and they had this little place at the R Ranch in Dahlonega. We we're hanging out up there and they had a uh, big outdoor concert. Now my in-laws, another band. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and um, it was fun. We I got up there, walked around the little city of Dahlonega and, um, and we ate turkey and cheese on croissant. So there was no barbecue. So I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't do barbecue, but that's okay. It's all right. Hey, hey, you know what? Time with the family. And, and it's it's one of those times where even though it's called Labor Day, you have to do the least amount of labor possible. That's, that's what right. I say. the least amount possible, least amount possible. All right. So let's get into it. We're going to start with our entertainment news. If I didn't have any type of uh, issues, technical issues. Oh, there goes the technical I, issue. I, I can hear it going out. Like literally, I just heard it go out. And I don't know I don't know if it's the mic itself, the connection, the actual cord. And I actually do have another cord, so we can probably do this. But if this happens again, I'm gonna grab what you just did. Why don't you skip down to your your entertainment news? So I, I, I want to talk about a couple of things either way, regardless of his problem. So we won't worry about that. Um, but I want to talk about a couple of entertainment news things. And this is not all music related, uh, but it is interesting that I found like what, what the heck's going on. But uh, first, I, I do want to say, I don't know where you guys are. This is music related here. Aerosmith, for anybody who's a fan and you have to know Aerosmith, it's just... They are starting their farewell tour. So I just, for me, that's an honorable mention, man. That's something I think we should talk about because everybody knows who Aerosmith is, or most people do. And uh, yeah, it's uh, 39 shows up to January 
of next year. That's a big deal. That's a lot of shows. But uh, yeah, you they've been around forever, and you just you just think that they're here forever. And that farewell tour is just something, you know. And speaking of being around forever, the Rolling Stones also they've got a I I don't know what it, they call it a comeback album. I don't I don't even know if we can call it a comeback album, but it is an album and. It's been 18 years, and they're coming back with something. It's called uh, Hackney Diamonds. I think that's what it's called. And uh, I think that's a pretty cool thing for all those the Rolling Stone fans. Come on, let's get serious. <laughs> I mean, an, another album. Mick Jagger is 80 years old. That's great. Oh my God. <laughs> right. I can still hear it. Yeah, I can hear you. You're in and out. Mick Jagger is 80 years old and that's that's just amazing and that that proves the thing that we keep hearing and it's never too late you know what I mean like you can joke about it and crack about all you want but at 80 now I know they've been around a long time and have their fan base but he's 80 years old and they're going on tour shut up already damn (laughs) exactly (laughs) like who would have That literally was just a button that I accidentally pressed. Uh, just I don't know if it's just mic. I'm going to switch out the mic. Now you're on and you sound good right now. Wait. Yeah, I know, but I don't. I don't know if it will stay. I don't. I literally do not know what's going on because this is obviously this roadcaster. Oh my god, I can hear it every now and then doing this little clip. Um. Anyways, I I should probably just continue doing your news thing. But cool. yeah, Aerosmith thing we did kind of. I I did talk. About Never mind. Go with your thing. <laughs> uh, Atlanta, I, I agree with you. 80. 80 and still creating music is fantastic. And I think this, I think it's awesome. I've always liked Mick Jagger. So, you know, that's that's just all to it. And uh, yes, he's the same age as Sly, I, I, as, from what I understand. But I had confirmed that. But there it is. Kit, Kit LaRue uh, bringing that up. So, um, yeah, that's an awesome thing. Um, so those two things, I think, are big, t- big time. Um, non-music to me, this is huge, huge. This is huge. All right. On this day today in 1976, the first episode of the Muppet show, Jim Henson, the Muppet show aired in British on British television. So manamana, let me just say <laughs> on this day was the first time that came out. So I, for me, that's that's something. I don't care what anybody says. If you don't know the Muppet Show, you're not a human. <laughs> I have to talk about that. Check, check. Let's let's see if this mic gives out. Let me see if it's the mic itself. It's the Sterling mic. Because if I have to hold a mic, this is going to be ridiculous. Cool. We have to. Everybody oh. hug the Kermit and the Mandit. And we got you know Miss Piggy, the Muppets, and hey, there it is. Mork, mork, mork. We got our Swedish chef. If anything, uh, I think Mr. Christopher and I and I, and I when someday we're going to have to play the old guys. We just have to sit up in a balcony somewhere and be like, <laughs> so, just have a good time with that. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. A um, couple of other things that maybe not not necessarily great news, kind of sad. Um, Bob Barker um, on the 26th. So you may have heard about it already. Bob Barker from The Price is Right. He did pass away. And uh, that that he's he's a staple diet of anybody 
any one of Let's test this one too. anybody, you know, he's been around forever. Most people know who Bob Barker is. Um, it was Alzheimer's disease, according to the death certificate. TMZ talked about it. And that was that. And Bob Barker was 99 years old. So he's lived a pretty long life, 99. So yeah, Alana, exactly, 99. And so that's a that's too bad. It was Alzheimer's disease, like I said. And he he was a big proponent for that. He was an animal activist, vegetarian. And it's interesting because he's he'd been talking about or trying to get people to or urging fans to go vegetarian in an effort to prevent the onset of Alzheimer's disease. Uh Back in 2013, I think for PETA, and one of the things they talked about was not knowing when he was actually diagnosed. I'm guessing it's probably around the same time because it takes a sometimes it takes people something for them to have a, a mission or a goal and to work for something. So, yeah, sad, sad thing. But again, he was 99. So that's awesome. I, I don't know if this mic is going to stay or not. Okay. <laughs> Let's go with it. I honestly don't know. And I actually have my uh, laptop here to uh, go into, to, to use it as a as another option if, if this continues to go out. So uh, it is what it is. Sorry about yeah, the that. The hand mic was working well, too. So you have that as an option. It was still cutting out. So I could still hear it cutting me out because it was going dead here. And so I just switched channels over here. So we'll see what happens. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I didn't notice. Still, still some weirdness going on. But uh, sorry. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. But you know, it is what it is. All right. Well, since since we talked about uh, Bob Barker, I'm going to bring it back to music for a minute. Uh, keep it sad, bro. All right. All right. I'll keep it going. Uh, I'm going to go back to music on one thing because uh, Jimmy Buffett passed away on the 1st of September. And... That's that's something because everybody knows who Jimmy Buffett is. And if you don't know who Jimmy Buffett is, that's okay too. You know his song. You know Margaritaville. Everybody knows Margaritaville. So sadly enough, Jimmy Buffett passed away. It was uh, Merkel cell skin cancer, I guess it was, or something like that, maybe four years ago, I guess. Uh, his obituary is posted on his website. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't want to go too too much into that, I guess, but that's another sad one. So, Jimmy Buffett. All right. Well, I'm gonna, hey, welcome back. Well, let me mute this. I'm going to mute that. Go away. <laughs> All go. right. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Can hear you fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll take this off. All right. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what's going on, but I obviously have a short connection in uh, there, but we're it's fine. We're all good. Um, yeah, so... We're basically dealing with um, uh, a lot of sadness, a lot of death. I mean, yeah. bark and everything. It was like really just, it's really kind of uh, pretty, pretty sad. It is. Very sad. It it's is. Kind of, it's, uh, it's not a great thing, but it is what it is. So I don't know. Um, yeah. are, are you ready for me or do I need to? I mean, we back and forth, man. Get, get, get it in. Okay. All right. Fine. Get in. Get in where you fit in, Captain. Yeah. Yeah. I can take it away from sad stuff, or we can, you know, we can cover a couple more things and then move That's on. All right. It's all good. I'm gonna get back to my normal spot over here. So because I, I I'm looking off that way, so it kind of makes it that way. All right. So I mean, we can also talk about the fact that um, we lost 
Smash, Smash Mouth singer Steve Harwell, yep. uh, who passed away as well. He passed away yesterday, matter of fact. Uh, TMZ had posted that his family and whatnot had come in and they had actually only had a few days to live. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even make it 24 hours uh, before he passed away. But unfortunately, um, the most disappointing thing was really that uh, he had gotten pretty bad into um, uh, alcohol and he had pretty much drank himself to death. Uh, so he was pr- primarily liver liver um, issues. So, um, you know, yeah. he was uh, what, 56 only 56 years old. So that is just unreal to me that, uh, I mean, but they had a lot of, a lot of uh, big hits. I mean, all-star was probably their biggest one that kind of came off of, uh, um, well, walking on the sun was their very first hit that was big um, mm-hmm. on the radio, but they were a punk band. So they kind of tried out with this little pop scenario. And then what ended up happening at that moment is uh they realized that pop was selling for them and they really had a big hit with walking on the sun. Mm. And then after that, what ended up happening was they had, um, they started covering other bands. They did uh, the monkeys. I'm a believer. And then of course they did, why can't we be friends by war? Uh, so they actually had quite a bit of, uh, of, of hits. And um, that is, that goes without saying that, uh, Anytime you lose somebody that's, you know, they're really, really good, talented band. I think they were kind of a little bit out of their element because they were like a ska slash punk band. That that was kind of where they started and where they really were. And right. so a lot of their initial fan base was kind of really upset about, you know, that they went pop. But the reality of it is, is that it was hardcore paying the bills. So they really couldn't argue with that. The same thing happened with Genesis, too. I mean, if yeah. you think back, I mean. Uh, Genesis once Peter Gabriel left Genesis and then of course Phil Collins started doing the singing they got really you know their fan base got really got mad at Phil because of the fact that he was uh he had kind of turned them a little bit into more of a pop band mm. and you know but they were making amazing money and they obviously had a huge huge following at that point in time but um you know that's going to happen it it's is absolutely it is. probably going to happen but you know it's too bad. It's too bad. He he was young. I was I was hitting the older people, but now we go into the young. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of uh, it's it's a disappointing. Um, yeah, it is. You know, it is. Uh, it's just it's just disappointing. But and we also lost somebody just yesterday. Also, we also lost Gary Wright. Now a lot of people don't know who he is, but uh, he was the one. He was a big in the '60s and also the '70s. But his big hit from the '70s was Dreamweaver. And uh, he passed away also, uh, but he was like 80. So mm. he wasn't, you know, so it was not like a, a, a young, young guy. Uh, but he certainly was, uh, you know, he certainly was a really great artist. And if you listen to a lot of his other songs outside of Dreamweaver, uh, he had a lot of good, he was a really, really good songwriter. Um, and he wrote a lot of songs for a lot of other artists too. So it was really cool. Definitely. Yes. Elena. Yes, definitely. Yacht Rock for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, um, and so let's kind of move on to something that's a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more, uh, I don't know how to say it. Uh, I guess not death. Not death. death. Yeah. Let's move off of that. So let's move on to stuff. That's not about death. 
Uh, I wanted to play this video because I think it's friggin' hilarious because I watched it and, you know, every now and then, you know, you kind of sit there and you watch things and, and I get, uh, uh, I get a kick out of something that I see and they go, Oh my God, this, this is just amazing. This is a video of a tow truck driver, uh, a guy who I guess repossesses vehicles. And this is an insanely dangerous job. Okay. Let's, let, let's just go ahead and leave it up. We'll take Gary right now. Um, this is an insanely dangerous job. Yes. It is just, I mean, because you think about the people and how how passionate they are about their vehicles and how passionate they are about their cars. And you just don't mess with a person's vehicle, especially their livelihood. Uh, people, they, I mean, these people get shot at, get in fights. Um, I mean, they get assaulted all the time. And so I saw this video and this guy does it right. <laughs> and I just, I saw it and I said, I've got to show this video. This is absolutely hilarious. This would be a good little icebreaker to kind of break off into the other stuff here. But, uh, and then we're going to get into some purple stuff. We're going to talk about purple stuff, just purple like you want. We're going to talk about all print stuff, no rumors or con conjecture, but this is kind of like the segue. Let's watch this video of this tow truck driver who is a absolute positive legend. Check this out. Legend. The dude's a legend, man. Come on now. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I did a countdown from the moment he started backing up because, you know, from the moment he started backing up to getting it under the truck, the, the, the thing, 15 seconds from the not even from starting to connect it from backing up. <laughs> that, that is just crazy to me that that was I, it was it was so amazing that he was just able to come in he was lowering it as he was driving I mean, that is just sick uh it's just it's so funny i mean you know, that you know, guy, he didn't have a gun but he had his he had his garden sprayer hey man <laughs> some and i saw someone made a comment because he had the side he was shooting the garden hose sideways he had the side that's like some gangster <laughs> 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 oh my God. All right. And I did have a couple of things. Yeah. So that, that guy's a lead. That's, that is our segue as far as that's concerned. I hey, did have a couple of things to show. Go ahead. Let me just say something cool about that is, did you notice there were no backup sounds? You know how trucks, they always have the poop, poop, poop. He got rid of that just to make sure he can back up and, and take them quick. Cause there was no sound. It was just done. So, all right, you can, you can go now. I just was like, wow. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so now we're gonna show off uh, show off a couple of things here, and um, because I got a couple of things in the mail and I wanted to show them off to you. Obviously, uh, last week I showed you some albums and stuff. I showed you some albums from Jesse Johnson and De Crash and all this stuff. And uh, I my the final purchase that I had from uh, my Jesse Johnson collection came in. Shebang, Jesse Johnson's Love Struck, which nice. is uh, which was very very cool because I did not have this one. Uh, this has actually got 
uh, plastic on it. So that red sticker or whatever is not, it's not actually on here, but the love struck, uh, which is very, very cool. I've never, I didn't know that they made this into a 12 inch, but I was very, very happy to get this. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, so that's an awesome one. Now, here the other thing is, is this is also very awesome, and I wanted to show this to you guys. This came from Prince's cousin, Chaz. Uh, Chaz sent this to me. He didn't put any um, protector in the envelope, so some of the envelope actually got uh, uh, got bent. But this is actually from a folder from the state of Minnesota, and it's the proclamation for the street renaming in uh, Chan Hassan. And I know you probably can't see this very, very well, but I did actually have this. Uh, I did actually have a, a bigger picture that you can actually see here, but it's very, very cool. That is, it, it's from the state of Minnesota. It's actually signed in purple, as you can actually see there. It's actually signed in purple. And it's uh, an act relating to transportation designated a segment of Mark Trunk Highway 5 in Chan Hassan as Prince Rogers Nelson Memorial Highway modifying the Augie Mueller Memorial Highway, amending Minnesota statutes, 2022, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this bill is properly enrolled and basically signed in by the governor, which is very, very cool. So this is from Princess Cubs and Chaz. This is very, very awesome. Uh, and it's actually got an embossed, it's the, the envelope is, of the folder is embossed. Yeah, I would love to frame this. I, yeah. I wish it hadn't got bent up or, or kind of uh, banged up a little bit in the, um, in the mail because you know it kind of got this that crease and stuff on it but uh i might be able to kind of flatten it out or something maybe take an iron to it and <laughs> iron it out i don't know if that works on on thick paper or not but i don't know would you iron out the emboss i, I don't <laughs> no, 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 no 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 i'm gonna leave that i'm gonna leave that all right so we got that let's talk about some uh, musical equipment you are a uh, musician at heart i i tinker around in music i am a i am a lead vocalist by nature, that is the gift that God gave me as a, as being a, a singer. I've been doing it for decades of my life. You have been playing instruments decades of your life. You've also been singing as well. There are some really, really cool instruments. And this doesn't really get to me as much as it does for people who are actually, you know, really good on instruments like yourself. But this is what's really, really cool is that they've got a brand new. Now, everybody knows that in the 80s, Prince had the Lynn drum machine and the L, uh, the LM1. LM1. And what was really, really cool about it is that there was only, if I remember correctly, there was only 400 of them made, which I did not know. I thought there were thousands of them made, but apparently mm -hmm. there were only 400 of them, which is one of the reasons why they are like, they're like insanely expensive if you can find somebody who has one but what's really, really cool, and this is a neat little thing to add on here, is that they are re-releasing it. But <laughs> it's called the Luma One. Now, however, here's some things, though. It is not designed by Roger Lynn, uh, but he approved it, and he did some oversight as well. So it's about as close as you can get to recreating the LM1, and it is coming out. The price tag on it, and it was, I love that the fact that the board inside of it is purple, even though Prince is probably one of the most um, prolific artists that used it, but a lot of artists use this, famous artists, craftwork uh, use it. Like, there's a lot of artists that used it. Um, Thompson Twins, like, but Prince was obviously the most famous, and he wrote so much of his music on that machine. Now, it's being recreated. It's coming out. 
it's going to have pretty much the same price tag as the original, which was five grand, uh, which is kind of a little bit different. That's five grand back in the eighties, which is probably about what today? I, I don't know. Probably about fifteen now. Too many know. grand. <laughs> yeah, too many grand. Uh, but this is going to be about forty nine thousand, uh, forty nine hundred dollars. I think it was forty nine fifty is what I saw. So five grand. It's coming out. So if you want to recreate some of those sounds from Prince, this is uh, you know, it, it's just. It's there. Yeah. It's, it's coming. It's, it's, it's the machine. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. I'm very, very excited about that. Um, and if you want some information on it uh, as well, there is, uh, you can go to musicradar.com and there's like a bunch of information on the, uh, on the specs and whatnot. Another instrument that is being made available, and there's been multiple versions of this, but Jelly, Jellybean Johnson started talking about it on his Facebook page is, oh, that's not it. I guess I must have not uploaded it. Is, uh, an, is a guitar called the Freezical. Oh, yeah. I and I that. guess, uh, yeah, I saw that, but I'm going to, I guess I'm going to have to share the, um, yeah, that yeah, was a Schecter guitar, right? I yeah. Think. If you, if you can, if you can pull that up, maybe you can pull that up because I'm um, obviously don't, I've got a bunch of different things going on here, but, um, the Freezical, which is a purple bass guitar, there is, a version four and a version five. I think when Jellybean talked about it, it was only, he just referred to it as the Freezical. There wasn't a specific version that he had, but uh, the link that uh, Jeff Page will pull up here in just a second is for version five, which is going to be very, very similar to what was here before. Um, I don't remember where I saw it, though. Where was it? <laughs> well, it, it's in the notes. The, the URL is in the notes. Oh, good. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. The URLs are notes. He'll pull it up here so you can kind of see some some really really cool photos Boom. on it. Boom. And this is gonna you're gonna you're gonna this is really good. This is, seems like a guitar that that um uh that that obviously you probably see you know oh according uh, Audrey says it's it's Ricky it's Ricky freezes that's why it's called the freezical it's uh. It's by Ricky Freeze, but I don't know which version, but Jellybean Johnson started talking about it. I did not know about it until um, Jellybean started talking about it. So it's very, very cool. Um, can you pull it up? Yeah, it, it's uh, it's giving me some problems, but I got it. Hold on. I can probably pull it up too. It's coming. There we go. And boom. Look at that thing. Oh my gosh. That thing is beautiful. Yeah, it's a nice one. That's a really nice looking guitar, man. That's so kind of. I'm gonna I'm gonna go get my charger for the laptop here real quick. But look at the specs on this thing and tell me you know, and talk about some of the things on this guitar that you know maybe noteworthy to bass players. Anything specific that you want to notate about that? Like as far yeah. as the, some of the yeah. stuff on the neck too. Talk about that. Yeah, we can we can kind of get into that, but I don't I don't know that some of that is like. You know, if you're not a bass player or a musician, it may not mean anything. But the fact that uh, if you look at it, that that whole purple and gold look is just beautiful. Um, I, I I don't do the nerdy talk when it comes to instruments, even though I understand it all because you know. But it's uh, maple carbon fiber. It's the neck on the neck. It's beautiful, man. I I look at it and I was just drooling. I was like, ah. Um, it is a twelve fret. Uh, and uh oh sorry 19 frets it's going all the way um white dots uh let's see what's a good thing you might like to hear uh 
anything. It's probably a beast sounded box. That's all that really matters to me. Um, okay. It is by Schechter. So um, they, they make killer guitars, uh, gold inlays, all that fun stuff. Um, it's just beautiful looking. Yeah. So, I mean, if I was going to get a bass guitar, even if I didn't really, you know, you know focus too much on, uh, for me, it would all be about the color and just the, yeah, it's all that. So, all right. So there is that. You can unshare that. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with that. Did we cover everything on your, um, I don't think you covered the NPC stuff. I think we're going to kind of keep it purple, but, oh, what I did want to mention on the Aerosmith thing um, was that, yeah, the Aerosmith thing popped up a few months ago as far as the the shows here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And they've got the Black Crows opening up for them, which is awesome. Because <laughs> Chris Robinson uh, has been doing his own thing for a while. So every now and then, because of the tumultuous nature between him and his brother, the Black Crows really don't get along well. <laughs> they, they, just, they always kind of find some way to fight, kind of like the, the brothers in Oasis. It's just always a thing. It's like, I don't know. Uh, that all being said, the tickets for nosebleed sections in for that concert were like 350 bucks. And I'm just like, I really want to see this show, but But. (laughs) I just, there's there's only one concert that I saw that I paid $300 for, for the ticket. And that was Prince on his final concert in Atlanta at the Fox theater, that first show. And I was in the fifth row. I wasn't in the nosebleeds, you know? So I, I just don't see, it just doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Uh, I, I just, I was going to go see Beyonce here in Atlanta, but it was like the same scenario it was just like, I just, I mean, obviously, you know, I like the music, but I just can't see myself doing that. I just don't, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I don't know. It's uh, that is, yeah, yeah. I Brian, says, if you haven't that. already, I should interview Freeze. He has a rich, but yeah, I, I, I absolutely should. Oops, I clicked on the wrong thing. Right as I was clicking on it, Joshua's uh, oh, it keeps on moving. All right, if you haven't already, yes, I, mm-hmm. Brian, I agree. I, we, we probably should mm-hmm. get him on the show. We got a really cool special guest next week, and um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> Jeff Page is excited. Jeff Page is really excited. So. <laughs> Henry goes, you paid more for Celebration 2023. And right. And Prince right. was oh, yeah. there. But uh, that's what it is. All right. What are you going to do? All right. Uh, da, 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 da. We already played the Robin Power video, so we don't have to watch that again. Uh, all right. I've got some really, really funny things that I, I really want to, to, to share with you. Because we're let's get into the purple news. We're going to keep it purple just because we need to keep it purple. Let's do it. So there is a website that is uh, called uh, gottahaverockandroll.com. And I'm going to have to like copy this and because I was prepared on my desktop, but now I'm having to do this from my laptop. So everything that I had prepped makes me look completely and totally unprepared right now, which is really <laughs> annoying. Uh, but anyways, I want to share this with you because it is pretty friggin' amazing how awesome this is. I, I've never heard of this auction site, but they have a bunch of Prince stuff that has appeared on the site. And all of it has certificates of authenticity, so all of it's legit. Mm. And I think what's really interesting about it is that some of these things, um, you know, 
I don't know, you know, some of these things seem to be pretty, pretty interesting. Wow. They're all pretty kind of expensive a little bit. Uh, but uh, anyways, can you see the screen? Yes. All right. So here's some things. First off, they've got uh, some original Polaroids that were used for the Chaos and Disorder album artwork. So like, for instance, you can see you know, these are all clips and stuff like you, you know, this one that's right here. Can you see my mouse cursor? Yeah, we see it. Yeah, like this one here in the upper right. This one I, I can identify as part of the chaos. But all of these are clips that were used. You know, parts of these images were used to create that chaos and disorder album artwork. And these were the original Polaroids that Prince had taken on a Polaroid to be used on that album cover. <laughs> and you look at this, I mean, minimum bid $8,000 is just insane. Man. But you know, they're not all like this. Um, there's, you've got um, the ha Prince handwritten working set list for a wedding reception in 1996, uh, which is kind of cool about this. Obviously, you know, it's in his handwriting and everything. But if you look closely, you can see it's written on the back of a lyric sheet that's got his logo and stuff on it. You know, some of these are set really expensive because of the fact that the person who's holding on to them is apparently has some type of idea of their inherent value regardless of whether it's legitimized or not right but there's a handwritten unreleased mpg newsletter so i guess they had an mpg newsletter and he made a bunch of you know notations on you know on some of these things not all of them do but uh you know he'll make little these little notes down here in the corner so it's actually really cool that you have all these handwritten notes but this is actually a really neat site that's got a lot of things on here but uh, there's a contract to perform at the Rock and Rio concert. Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. a signed Love Sexy album. Again, all the stuff comes with COA, Certificate of Authenticity. Uh, Prince owned and stage-worn 14-karat yellow stage cross necklace, uh, a collection of his picks, <laughs> handwritten, um, and that um, the personal studio pheromone lyric sheet with handwritten annotations and lyrics, real. I don't even know how sometimes people get a hold of some of these things. I mean, this has to be like lifted from studios or stuff. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, you just don't, I mean, these things aren't laying around, but you know, stage worn Versace sunglasses. I mean, this is, Versace sunglasses are expensive as it is. And right. they have a minimum bit of, you could go in it and get it for 500 bucks. I mean, if you can get a pair of Versace sunglasses, that's fantastic. Uh, but ones that belong to Prince, that's a whole different thing. Uh, gold, silk shirt, sign color, utter. but here wow. is the one. So there's like a bunch of different things in here. If you want to check it out, you just go to gottahaverockandroll.com and click on Prince. But the funniest one, I, I have to show you guys this because this is probably one of the funniest things that I had seen is this Prince-owned handwritten and hand-annotated Graffiti Bridge 1987. This is a long title. 1987. <laughs> Draft script, which got 43 pages with Prince's handwritten notes, and it's real, and it has a certificate of authenticity, and it is the most insane thing that I have seen ever. <laughs> and I am going to stop sharing here because I did uh, share some of this stuff, um, made it a little bit bigger, but I wanted to read some of this to you because it is hilarious. What's funny about this is that you always know that when scripts get written, what normally happens is, is that, you know, there's some types of modifications and, you know, you change things, you drop things or whatever. But some of this, the the way that the script was written, it was not used in the movie at all. And right. I would think that 
if it was used in the movie, it would have been hilarious. <laughs> and even the notes that they had, which are only meant to be read by the actors themselves, were insanely funny. Like, like no, there's there's some hilarious ones. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share one of them. So as you can see here, and I'm gonna I need to get this on this other screen here because there mm. is uh, I'm gonna get this here. I'm gonna see if I can read this one. Uh, it says, uh, what is this one? You was it? You are in darkness. I guess this is supposed to be from the from the artist himself. You are in darkness. A blue Rolls Royce appears from nowhere and almost runs you down. You jump to the side in just the nick of time. You're still alive. Three well-to-do women, uh, furs and pearls, appear from your left. They're standing in front of you, looking you up and down. They seem disgusted. You push them aside. Two children and their lemonade stand come straight for you. You reach out as a giant hot dog flies by. It's like, what? What, is, what does that even mean? How, how is there a giant hot dog is flying by? But like everything in here, what? It's like, it's, it's, it's so weird as far as what was in this thing. So I'm going to go to the next one here. This next one is actually written before it just kind of shows some of the examples of the things that were actually handwritten by him that were in here. Um, this one is also funny too. This, uh, this one is uh, it says Ruthie Washington walks into the spinning spotlight, super fine, super hard Ruthie Washington. She is more than too cool. She is three cool. <laughs> what? Uh, and again, that's not even that's not even in the dialogue. That is something that he's using to describe to the reader how they're supposed to be treating her. And the funniest one is this one here, which I laughed out loud and didn't stop laughing for a while, where it starts with Camille, who is, I guess, supposed to be the, the character in this, because I don't think she was she wasn't called Camille in the movie. Uh, but it was it says, yo, blood, we ain't really up for that fighting tip. But if you like, you can have a dance contest. <laughs> uh it's a gruff step step the step or whatever and uh gruff says oh the step why didn't you say so i guess that was supposed to be a dance number and then it says and again this is supposed to be you're supposed to read this in order to understand how your character is going to react and he says he starts to dance right over to big sister who looks puzzled puzzled right then he steps on sister's corns the ones <laughs> on the left foot lord why did he do that Big sister lets out a scream that would wake the dead. Then, like a Vietnamese with a headache, she like a Vietnamese with a headache, she commences to kicking all the cutthroats in the butt one after the other. <laughs> like a Vietnamese with a headache. What is that even mean? I'm trying to <laughs> Like a Vietnamese with a headache. No, I, I don't know, but I might have to use that for some reason. That's something about that. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? So how's your day going? Ah, like a Vietnamese with a headache. <laughs> it's not a good day. Oh my God. That's just I, I was reading that. I was thinking to myself, man, he just I don't know. <laughs> he was just on some other level for sure. It's just unreal but anyways so this is a really really cool website you can check it out and they've got all this hand annotation stuff and it is just unreal um 
What was the other thing too? Okay, I'm going to have to do this now because again, once again, I'm moving to my laptop. So apologies for some of this uh, sporadic stuff. But dude, you're I, you're handling it like a Vietnamese with a headache, <laughs> without a headache, without a headache. Right. So uh, this one is again. This doesn't really. There's no tie-ins with any of this stuff. But I wanted to bring this up because what was really cool is that for those who don't follow mvh underscore photos on twitters that is the twitter account for michael van huffle uh mm -hmm. photography who's done a lot of different works work for prince done some photography work did some logo work and stuff but he had actually shared a logo that he worked on for prince which i thought was very very cool um and i never even noticed it because it's such a small little detail that you don't really kind of pick it up unless you're looking at it Michael said, I've written before, but I was very pleased with myself with the uh, P-Control logo. He said he wanted logos, logos, logos for a minute. And the edges of the P and the Y in this image that you can see made a kitty cat head silhouette. And he said he asked me to tone it down some. I never noticed that the edges of the P and the Y made little teeny ears on the edges of that logo mm. to make it a cat head. Wow. Wow. And I started to think, you know, all these different little things that Prince used to do. Um, obviously, this was Michael's idea, but, you know, the mm -hmm. things that he came up with and that he cleared, if you don't pay really, really close attention, these little teeny little details like that, you'd miss. But anyways, this has nothing to do with anything. doesn't tie in with anything, but I saw it. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I'd like to show it to the folks, show it to the Funkatopians that the Pussy Control logo has the two ears on the side for the P and the Y, and I thought that was pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. smart. That's pretty – Yeah, it's, that's what a graphic artist is supposed to do, Right. find find the nuances and the details. That's awesome. That's right. well done. And let's see. Uh, here's another thing that doesn't really have any tie-in, but we've all heard the stories of Prince being a magician on the ping-pong tables. He is literally the master of ping-pong. Everybody that's played ping pong supposedly with him has been handled. And um, but Jerome Benton posted a little video from his private collection and um, kind of showed a little bit of opposite. So here's a little 20 second video, 19 seconds, actually, that shows Jerome kind of uh, handling prints. Yeah, handling business. So, yeah, let's let's watch this for a second. So <laughs> there's one. There's one. Let it run and get it. You let it get by. It's going to happen again. He's like, all right, let's come on. Yeah, come on. Do I got you. I got you. And they did it again. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't, hey, this just goes to show you can't believe everything that you hear, man. But, but um, wait, that second point, though. If you, it, it went right off the quick. If you look really closely, I did actually zoom in on one thing because I had it up here. It hits, it hits the corner of the table and shoots off. So it, does, right, it, was, actually, right. it was actually legit point. So I, actually, you got you got two on them. Jerome, you you're allowed. You're allowed. You get you can get your uh, video, but you know. Now a lot of people were coming to his defense. They're like, "No, you made that up." Blah 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 blah. It's like oh, okay, that's, up, that, that's that's his thing. But you know, it could have just been. Prince wasn't ready, or maybe this was early in the whole thing. I don't know. Just, Dude, it could have been his only two points ever. Right. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, Who Prince knows? probably let him have those, and then he'd like. Or Jerome could be the one. Jerome could be the one that beats him, that, that can regularly. Like, everybody has has uh, that one that they can't take. You know what I mean? He's got his number. Right. Right. Maybe that's it. Jerome's got seven. 
All right. So now let's get into it. Let's get into it like you guys want me to. Uh, we're going to get into some more purple news here. Obviously, We, we haven't really we've kept wait, it. Wait, wait. Jerome Benton, I'll, I'll play you anytime. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Right, there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, Heidi says trick photography. He was playing in suits and heels. We'll see. Uh, maybe, maybe they both were. <laughs> maybe. Um, let's get back to purple news. Outside of Diamonds and Pearls Deluxe Edition that we're going to be talking about. And I, again, I want you guys to stay tuned because I'm going to bring some stuff to your, your attention because here is something that's really, really important because you can save a lot of money by going to Funkatopia.com slash DP because right now Amazon is selling stuff for a lot less than what the print story is. And we're going to be talking about this too. I'm going to break down the price of this. I, and I made it so it was real, real quick. So I didn't have to give you a long Amazon string. I'm uh, sorry. Cause you have made it like D and P or something. Just DP. No, just, you just, just ask it. Yeah, just, just DP. Uh, anyway, okay. I got it. Myself. Uh, anyways. So Jane's coming in. All right. So um, we're going to talk about diamonds and pearls in a second, but there is new music coming out. <laughs> Jaden in the picture now. There's new music coming out per Charles Spicer. Again, not rumors and conjecture. We're going specifically off of what what Charles said. So we're going to talk about this. So when he was asked about the upcoming 40th anniversary of Purple Rain, Charles stated in Classic Pop Magazine, of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't do something around the Purple Rain next year for the 40th anniversary for both the film and the album it's the work that elevated prince to greatness so we won't leave 2024 without doing justice to purple rain that's a signature project mm. so obviously we're talking about you know purple rain deluxe was already released a while back this is um where did it go there's right here i put everything on top of it when i was moving stuff around Obviously, this is a Purple Rain Deluxe here. This is the with 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 the silver silver backing and whatnot. Mm. And this is obviously, um, you know, this is Purple Rain Deluxe. This is the CD version. Right. And the reason why I typically opt for the CD version is because of the fact that, first off, it's got a better chance of being played. My thing with vinyl is I love collecting vinyl. You saw my vinyl collection behind me. I love vinyl. But the problem is, is I don't like being in the experience of listening to something and then having to get up in the middle of it and then flip an album. But I love the sound quality. Of it. I love, you know, I love the sound quality. It's just, it's cool. The other thing is, it's a lot easier to transfer this to MP3 so I can listen to this on the go. Um, whereas with vinyl, it's, 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 it's not so cut and dry. It's a little bit of work. It's, it's, it's a little bit of work. <laughs> so, um, so that all being said, this so you already have this you already have the super deluxe which has already been created then mm -hmm. on top of that if you consider that what also came out was another thing of purple rain which in the form of this box set the prince and the revolution live technically yeah. this is purple rain live mm -hmm. and you got the whole box set here so we've kind of you know been talking about this a little bit because of the fact that now we're in a scenario where you have not even considering all the colored vinyl that you have. And on top of that, you also have the situation with um, the different, the, the picture disc and everything. There's so many different things that are out there Right. that now we're going to have another 
collection that is going to be coming from Purple Rain. Um, and, you know, we've discussed this before where they're focused on selling items that people are actually going to buy. I mean, if you consider this, the general public is the mm -hmm. general public is going to buy. Right. That's the biggest thing. Like all of us as Prince fans are going to be looking for those big, huge items where, you know, yeah, we're going to be really, really happy for like the expanded collections of, of any of the albums. I mean, any of the albums and then throw in some other stuff, but the general public for the most part is not going to be reacting to this. Correct. Um, and I just, they just don't care. Like if there not was a, them. if there was a super deluxe version of the come album, it, it would be, you know, we would run to the stores, the record stores to get them. Right. <laughs> That's hundred percent correct. We absolutely would do it, but the regular fans, I mean, the regular folks that, the, that were just only no purple rain. That's about it. They're not going to be doing that. So this is the kind of stuff they're going to be focusing on. Um, just bringing out every single drop they possibly can with this. I mean, you look at all, you see all the purple rain shirts that are out there. You can't go to the mall without seeing, you know, a, mm -hmm. a kid that's not even 20 years old wearing purple rain shirts. And um, we were out, we were out in Dahlonega this past weekend and a girl rode by on a bike. Like, I don't know how old she was probably about not even 10 and she was wearing a, a purple rain shirt. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we not only need to discuss, you know, what's going to be, what's going to be borderline as far as flooding the market in regards to, you know, purple rain. Um, I will show you the, the screen capture of the actual article that this popped up in. This is the, the screen capture of, just so you know, um, that this is not rumor and conjecture. This is actually this actually happened in Classic Pop Magazine. If you happen, I don't even know what Classic Pop Magazine. I don't think I've ever seen this magazine. Right? Is uh, maybe somebody out here in the audience knows if it is a um, if this is like a UK or or some other where where it's from. But he talked a lot in this. But the mm -hmm. biggest thing that he said that's in his quote, and yeah, I've seen, I saw somebody mentioning, because one of the things he said about this quote is that other things are coming too that are Paisley Park label stuff. So we are going to be talking about that uh, mm -hmm. in just a second. But the biggest thing in, in my mind with this quote is was where he said, we'd be remiss if we didn't do something around Purple Rain next year for both the film and the album. Mm. Not just the album. He said both the film and the album. So let's talk about let's talk about a few things first. Um, let's talk about the film first, more than anything. I do not think that there will be a director's cut of this film. I just I just don't. Hmm. Um, I mean, the folks that are quick to state, you know you know, this is what Prince would do. This Prince wouldn't want this and Prince wouldn't want that. I mean, they're going to be quick to be, they'd be really, really upset. I think half of them would be very, very upset if there was like a reiteration of this movie. Um, and then the other part would be, you know, like us, you know, I, I want to see, I want it to stay true to his vision, but on the same note, you know, even looking back at the graffiti bridge script that we were just reading, it was just like, Right. But how close was it to his vision anyways? Uh, yeah. But uh, it was so different than what was committed to screen. And I don't think this that's necessarily the case with Purple Rain. I think Purple Rain, there were a bunch of deleted scenes that 
did uh, that did disappear from the movie. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot was removed from actual Purple Rain uh, back in the day, and some for good reason. I mean, there's a lot of misogynistic stuff in there, and even borderline rape and other filler scenes and stuff like that that are very uh, just really bad stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was someone on the inside who had seen the unedited movie and uh, made a partial list of some of the things that were removed. Um, and so I'm going to read off some of the things that I don't know if I'll read all of them, but here are some examples and some samples of some things that were removed from the Purple Rain movie that may or may not be in this reiteration, not put into the film. I don't think that there will be a, the film will be taken and then like these scenes that were removed will be wedged in there. I don't see that happening. I just don't see that. Right. No. What I would see is maybe a, you know, you know, tweaking out some of the stuff, you know, you get Bernie Grunman or someone in there. It's really just really, really good with the audio stuff and making sure that everything is just kind of just perfected. And mm. that would be one thing. Um, but then the other side of it is, um, I could see it being recrafted. And then on top of that, maybe a bonus CD that has like the stuff that was cut out, maybe has the bonus scenes, no Mm. rhyme or reason to them, just kind of like outtakes or whatever. Right. Um, Yeah. I would see that. I would think that. Yeah. So the first thing is um, the scene where Prince comes down off of the the stage and he comes behind Apollonia uh, when he has his glasses on, he, you know, pulls down his glasses or whatever. Um, after that scene, he he actually leaves and she tries to run after him, but he gets on his motorcycle and then she kind of runs after him and then he just drives off. Probably wasn't really important to the movie, but those are the types of little intricacy, intricate little details that were kind of put in there that may or may not have made sense. Mm. One of the biggest things that I, I think some of the bigger components would be like Jill Jones uh, sitting at the piano. Uh, with a cigarette dangling from her lip, and she's got the you know the police cap, you know, uh, circa 1999. She's got it, you know, she's kind of sitting at the piano, and the song Wednesday that she's singing, which a lot of people haven't heard until the Prince piano on a microphone 1983 came out, when Prince was performing it with just him and the uh, piano uh, from the 1983 recordings with, um, I guess it was Susan Rogers that that actually did those recordings, mm. but so. Anyways, she's sitting at the piano and she's singing this song. Uh, it's a simple bar tune. And then a chick is working in the corner. His bodyguard chick is working in the corner, kind of chuckling to himself. And he's stacking chairs and whatnot and swooping up. And then suddenly she stops and she jumps up and she deliberately spills her orange juice on the piano. And then Prince comes around the corner and stops short. And uh, this happens just before she gives him Wendy and Lisa's demo of Purple Rain that you know, she wanted him to mm. hear. So there's like all these little teeny little scenes. Obviously there's a scene, the barn scene. I just heard, saw, saw somebody reference mm-hmm. where there is a pretty intense thing that happens in the barn. That is a stuff of legend, obviously, because there were people that were on set going, man, they were actually doing things in that barn. And then you have Abalonia who was like, nothing happened. We had on, uh, underwear it was fine. Nothing was going on. It looked romantic. It looked a lot more than it actually was. Um, and they were both like insanely nervous. And, you know, I kind of believe a little bit of that story, but there's also, 
there's just so many conflicting stories, but obviously the barn, the barn series, the barn scene is something <laughs> that people would want to see from the film. Right. Again, these are clips that could possibly be put onto like an outtake type of reel, which mm -hmm. may or may not work, but this is, and this could well be reading way too much into his quote about doing service to both the film and the music. Um, right. But you've got music in there too. You know, we can talk about, but there's a bunch of different things in there. I, I'll eventually post all the little things uh, on the deleted scenes from Purple Rain. You can go to Google and you can search deleted scenes from Purple Rain and you'll find all kinds of stuff. Um, but if you talk about, they can't inject those things into the movie. It just it's not possible to have any continuity. It, it would be, um, it would cost them millions and millions of dollars to do that. Film, you know, just it's it's just so much money to kind of do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Prince had a big hand in editing the film. I, I don't, I just don't see them making modifications to that. I just don't. There's just not enough time to do it. Even if there was just something, well, let's see what we can do. They couldn't do it. It's just not. It's just not enough time. That stuff takes. It's it's just so much. Right. Um, and then on top of that, it's dangerous because, you know, the purists are going to be screaming foul. Uh, it, they're just I mean, it's like a, it, it's like a Mona Lisa. It's like you, you can show me the paints he had at his disposal and that he could have used. But don't repaint it. But don't touch the painting. You know what don't I'm saying? Don't redo it. <laughs> yeah, it's just don't touch the painting. Um, right. So. As for the music from the film. You know, we already talked about it. We we have, gosh, where did everything go? Why is everything disappearing? You have the del the, the deluxe edition, which actually featured quite a bit of unreleased tracks. I mean, you had, you know, the Katrina's Paper Dolls and Velvet mm -hmm. Kitty Cat, and we can we can f oh she's not here. Uh, you have so many different things that are on here. You got the version of God. We finally got the full version of Father Song, but also the version of Father Song that is actually in the movie is a lot more haunting and a lot more piano. Plus mm -hmm. on top of that, you also have all the incidental music and all the score music that is all littered through the film as well. You have all of the uh, stuff like Des Dickerson's in the modern air doing like all those things. Plus Jill, like I just mentioned, you have Jill Jones performing Wednesday Um there is a lot of music that is still out there and 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 a lot of music that is from that era because they covered 1999 in a super deluxe they covered purple rain in a super deluxe so you're talking about that 83 to 84 window that would only been make sense to kind of put them on one of those two collections but there's a bunch of songs that were missed right I mean, hmm. Body hmm. Heat, Feline, uh, Gotta Shake This Feeling, Traffic Jam, All Day, All Night. Um, there's so much. And, of course, you got all these alternate mixes as well, like we just saw with what's coming out with Diamonds and Pearls, with the uh, Insatiable mix, the, the new – it's got a bunch of new content in it. Now, we're going to talk about that too. Um, so I think that's interesting in itself. There's a lot that they can work with. Um, I, think I don't so. know if you want to speak to any of that, but no, I I think, like you said, there's a lot of options and a lot of things. I I really feel like the the best thing they can do is the original thought, you know, extra scenes, deleted scenes, maybe soundtracks, or you know, music that was not 
used that could have been used or that was originally slated to be used, things like that. I think that would be a big deal. And honestly, even though you were saying that a lot of this is, of course, catered to the hardcore fans, even if they, even with come and all those other things, if they market properly, if they would actually advertise and market properly, I think they'd get a lot more sales than just the hardcore fans only because like you said, it is purple rain and it will make people go, Oh, and, and he, because he's passed and you bring out the come and, and a special edition version of that and you market it properly. I think it's going to, it would pull more people than just us. I, I just oh, yeah. believe that. They, but it requires proper marketing, which as we know, certain groups are not known for. So that's the key. And that's the hard part. They have to spend money to get the marketing properly done, but I think they'll make it up on the back end. If they were smart, they would do that. That's how you continue to grow. Right. I agree. And I think there's just so much that they can do. I mean, when you look at his, his body of work, there's so much that they could expand on for sure. So mm-hmm. much that they can expand on. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what, um, what all of us Prince fans want is we want to hear everything that he did and we want it now and we want it yesterday. Yeah. And the problem is, is that, it, you know, <laughs> this is a business. Yeah. The problem is that's a ridiculous request. That's the problem. <laughs> Calm down. down. You can't have it now. Right. Because the other part of what he mentioned was um, the other part of that interview that Charles did he said there most certainly is going to be super deluxe sets of Prince's later music. Um, he, so he was, he said he's always creating and there's so much music that we've got a lot of happy work on our hands to figure out how to release it all. So when we look at, you know, all the stuff that, you know, discography wise, you know, the furthest back that they went is 1999. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, you've got, four albums that existed before that right. that people are still considered historic albums you know specifically even when you're talking about dirty mind and controversy when he yeah. was in that writing mode where that writing mode started where you don't not only have some you know you have extended versions of ronnie talk to russia and extend all these things that are off of the controversy album the dirty mind album and it's just mm-hmm some of that stuff is just super, super raw. Plus on top of that, you have lots of concert footage that you can get to like the Capitol theater show uh, that's out there professionally shot too. And um, that can easily be available and, and made part of a deluxe edition for some of those early albums. But, you know, we're still not even talking about his biggest selling heyday parts of this, which is the mid to the later eighties when you, you still have around the world in a day that you can, you can use to kind of build deluxe editions around parade that we've right. talked about on this show repeatedly. We've talked about parade and how, you know, it was such a huge album that seems like parade. It doesn't make any sense that that album was not because kiss is Prince's biggest selling song out of his entire career. Right. Um, if, I, if I remember reading that correctly, yeah, out of all the that. that he had, Kiss is his biggest. And since that comes off of Parade, the, the and, and you've got a movie tie-in, so you've got more incidentals and more mm-hmm. uh, more scores that you can actually work with and a bunch of other things you can uh, work with. Plus, you have Sign of the Times, which we already got the deluxe edition of that, which was fantastic. That was a piece of – that was an artwork. 
so there's so much that they can work with, but then you start talking about even going, like he's saying, Prince's later music. You know, if you're, even if you're still in the 80s, you still got Love Sexy and Batman to work That's with. Too. Right, right. I mean, just, I mean, there's so much work that's to be done. And, you know, you guys know there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of unreleased songs that are sitting in there. And thousands, if you consider the different iterations of each one of these songs that he did, because even mm -hmm. the song Love Sexy, the, the title track for that album, has four different versions that I know of that I actually have that right. is vastly different from not vastly different, but very noticeably different from what landed on the album. Stuff that other people would love to hear. So you've got all that, but then you start getting into Diamonds and Pearls. We finally start. We've seen this now. It's coming. Um, it's coming. Right. We've got, we got a couple of new tracks. We're going to talk about these couple of tracks that they dropped too. I know that our last show, I talked about Diamonds and Pearls. I talked about this deluxe edition. And I went over all the songs and some of the background on them. We talked about some of the controversial nature of Schoolyard, um, all the different tracks that are on there, some of the songs that I had not heard of. Uh, before, like Alice Through the Looking Glass. I had not heard of that until somebody sent me, I didn't remember that until somebody sent me a version of Sheila E. performing that song at the 2002 celebration. And I was like, I do remember hearing this song and loving it. Right. Um, but that version is very, very different. And don't worry, before the show is over, I'm going to play you that Sheila E. version. I'm going to play you a, a nice clip of that song because I want you to hear that track um, because there's some really, really cool stuff uh, mm -hmm. happening there. Um, but again, you got the nineties, you got love symbol, you got come, you got the black album. I mean, the black album was technically supposed to be in the eighties, but you got the black album, which has a whole life of its own. Absolutely. Road experience, uh, chaos and disorder, emancipation. Emancipation is three CDs as it is, uh, <laughs> you know, crystal ball, the truth. Um, I'm not going to talk about the vault because that was really kind of like a, a, a hit piece from Warner brothers, but right. you're raving to the joy. Fantastic. Um, and everything that happened in that one night alone, I know rainbow children has kind of gotten a colored vinyl edition that was done for it. Um, which I love. I, I think it's, it's, that's one of my favorite albums of his, but mm. the reality of it is that that period of time between that and his Vegas residency when he did all those countless nights of just jam sessions where people were sitting in and just like, and all of those nights, every single night that he was in Vegas, all those shows and all the stuff that he did in the bar and all the stuff that the, the private little after parties and all that stuff, all of that stuff was professionally recorded. Right. So you're talking about, I, I don't, I don't know how many songs that is, but there's like, tons of really beautiful just breathtaking versions of like joy and repetition question of you and uh all these just amazing recordings that existed that are just breathtaking Ready. that came right. from that period that one night alone period slash rainbow children period was insanely productive he there was a a switch that flipped with him during that time where he really kind of got into it and became a lot more um, involved in the music progression and just kind of mm -hmm. um, creating things like 
that had a really heavy jazz influence. And, you know, with Larry Graham coming in there and kind of holding the bottom down, but then he was bringing other people in like Najee and, you know, did you get Renato Neto in there and you get, you know, it's just that whole era is filled with stuff. Right. And then of course you go further into the two thousands, you start talking about, um, and that jazz stuff continue with expectation and news and stuff like that. But you get a little further into the two thousands when you start, where he's starting to get on the charts again, which right. is unheard of with musicology album and 3121. And okay. Well, and there was planet earth too. And you had Lotus flower in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, you had those things, but now think about this. I'm just spitballing here, but what about just speaking off the top of my head? Well, not really, but because I've thought about this before. What about an NPG music club box set? Uh. <laughs> a box set for the NPG music club that has has slaughterhouse in it has chocolate invasion the stuff that was you know made you know and you have all those tracks that you had in there plus you have all the audio shows i think there's six or seven of the audio shows um an npg box set npg Mm -hmm. music club box set you get sam jennings to come back in the mix and you pull up all that artwork and all that stuff that he has in his archives from all the artwork that he had, from all the websites that he built, you get all that stuff. You get all those audio shows. You get all that. There is so much to work with here, and they right. know it. The estate knows it. But again, we're in a. And just to kind of wrap this up, you also have Plectrum Electrum and Artificial Age. And Artificial Age. You have Hit and Run Phase One and Hit and Run Phase Two. But what's interesting about that Plectrum Electrum and Artificial Age? era is that when he was when he was working with third eye girl what happened in in that period of time where they were kind of popping up on youtube and popping up on these random places and releasing songs like octopus heart and releasing songs like menstrual cycle and all these really amazing Mm -hmm. jam sessions and they were really fantastic if though and though were pretty well recorded there's some things that were a little bit uh, over-recorded, like too hot in the mix. But right. I think those are things that you can probably fix. But all that stuff was recorded in the studio. So you could have... Here's what it all boils down to. The estate is only going to be focusing on things that are going to sell. And right. while everybody here in our bubble, we talk about this bubble all the time, everybody here in this purple bubble is going to be buying whatever you tell me right. what you doesn't want, matter whatever there's a reason why they bounce around the way that they bounced around the mm-hmm. 1999 one of his best-selling albums purple rain best-selling album sign of the times, sign of the times. Album. diamonds and pearls best-selling album right they're intentionally skipping over some of the ones around the world today was a really good selling album but was it enough wasn't one of the best sellers right it wasn't, wasn't the enough right banging hits on it though absolutely around the world a day is a masterpiece absolutely fantastic and there's so much stuff that's there um and musically as far as going back into the catalog man 85 give me i mean you just stop the presses holy crap there is like 
And that's one of the biggest years for Prince. Do I still mm-hmm. have that sheet that's sitting around? I don't know if I oh no, I think that's a letter one. That's not a uh, year one. But um, yeah, they're I mean, they're focused on what's going to be able to sell. Right. And and to the general public. Like if if somebody's just happening to get, you know, it's Friday night, that pain, and you're walking through Walmart and you look over there and you're like, oh, all right, I may be interested in that. Yep. Most people are not like us where we're kind of just sitting there going, all right, when's it coming? When's it right. next? Hit the button. Where, where's it at? <laughs> Add the cart. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's just, it, it is what it is. We're going to buy whatever. Um, but do we constitute enough of a fan base? Because most, do we constitute, we do. I know that we do. We do. But do we constitute enough of a fan base to warrant them putting all that effort into giving us the deluxe edition of we'll see parade parade i think is another winner easy across the board you know we would first of all we do yes we do um but what would make a difference is if they would spend enough quality time making these the way like feeding us like they should like like we would like them to and i don't and i'm not talking about everything coming out i'm just talking about put a little keep that effort of making a really quality you know deluxe set you know like like they did with sign of the times and things like that but once they start doing that properly um then we'll anticipate anything they do from then on it's it's all about what they do now affecting how much they can push later you know what i'm saying if we get amazing stuff every time they do it then they can start putting out the smaller not as big hits and whatever, it's still going to sell. It's going to sell even more because we're anticipating all those extra things. You, you you look at the chat and people are bringing up all these songs that they wish they would hear and that they wish they put out. We'd want to, we'd buy it. But it's about what they do now when they put them out and how much attention they, how much attention to detail they give us with what they sell us. Because if they don't do that every time now, then you start talking about any of those other songs and any of those other as, as special releases People are gonna go. Oh, it's Prince, yay! But mm, I don't know. That that's just gonna happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I see a lot of people commenting here. I'm sorry, I was rambling, but I wasn't. I wasn't paying attention to the chat, so I'm sorry. I'm catching up right now. I see a lot of thumbs up for the MPG Music Club box set. Yeah, it's an awesome idea. I mean, because a lot of people, some people weren't old enough to even pay that or to even you know we're lucky enough to be members of that right um, so there's so much there that people have never heard a lot of people have never even heard those audio shows uh. and it's just it, it's it's amazing there was um what somebody made a comment here um about um archives of oh elena elena said a scrapbook from the npg archives museum yes a lot of people don't know this and um i we've we've had sam jennings on the show before but and i've shared this before too is that sam has taken all of the websites that he built for prince and has actually put them online and it's their active websites you can go through them and you can relive them whenever you want all you got to do is just go to princeonlinemuseum.com and you can actually click on explore the timeline. Mm-hmm. Every single one of the websites that Sam Jennings built for Prince is here. It's thirdeyegirl.com, awesome. uh, the Prince 2013, Lotus Flower, 3121 
website from 2007, 2006, the MPG Music Club files. All of them are here. One song, Love for One Another. All you do is just simply just click on it and it takes you into the actual website. And you mm-hmm. can actually, you know, some of them are operational. Well, they actually do have them. So you just click on them and um, there is actually a plugin that you have to get to uh, for Adobe Flash, but you can actually do it. But every single website is, everything website is here. So if you want to check out some of his old, some of Prince's old websites, just go to princeonlinemuseum.com. And Sam has put all of them up there that he built and it it, it exists. Um, And again, we talked to him in detail about this and it's very, very cool. Um, There is so much out there, so much out there. Um, But all that being said, I just wanted to kind of, I find it interesting that, um, you know, Charles was talking about that. But another thing that he said, which I also thought was interesting, was that he said there's a great possibility. Um, he was talking about the fact that some of the people, uh, the artists that were on the Paisley Park label mm-hmm. are also going to see reissues like the long out of Prince albums mm-hmm. like uh, Jill Jones. Right. So Jill Jones albums is going to see a reissue. That will be very, very cool to see. I would love to see this Jill Jones reissue. And on top of that, there are a bunch of tracks that uh, were not included on the original one that you'll see pop up from everywhere. They they just pop up from everywhere. Uh, Then on top of that, it's the 25th anniversary of Shaka Khan's Come to My House. And apparently, we're told... According to what he said, he said, uh, this is the 25th anniversary of Shaka Khan's album, which he made with Prince, Come to My House. That's being re-released this year, for example. That's awesome. So he's already divulged that we're going to be getting Diamonds and Pearls, the deluxe edition. We're going to be getting that. And then on the top of that, we're also going to be getting this Shaka Khan, Come to My House reissue as well. Now... A lot of people say a lot of stuff about these reissues, but these reissues have been coming. Right. They if you have go been. to store.prince.com, most of the albums have been getting reissues. Right. And my only issue with um my only issues with the reissues are that they some of them are not done from the original tapes. Mm. Uh, from mm-hmm. what I heard. Okay, Mm -hmm. again, this may be a rumor and conjecture thing, but I've heard from people that were close to the scenario that they're using, you know, dats and things like that, certain types of files to create, to recreate these vinyls for for different sound reasons or whatever. And that they're not necessarily using the original tapes for the reissues. They're simply doing them in order to put them on colored vinyls or whatever. And so I don't know the legitimacy of that. But I can tell you that if if you're going to do a reissue, go back to the tapes, go back to the original tapes if they're in good enough condition, and let's let well, let's start from the core. I think I think the only piece that's missing, and this is the thing that if if they really remember the times that we're in, regardless of the music, they can pick some of the greatest music. But if they really want to maximize sales, this is a visual world we're in now yes it is a visual world we love the audio we love the music but with everything that comes out there needs to be something visual it needs to be a video uh, a, 
uh, uh, something that hasn't been seen, but it is a visual world and they need to capitalize on that because that's what's going to draw people into everything else. We have to, we have to see something. Um, just all the best releases when we had pictures that we hadn't seen before, all these great photos, those sold bigger. We know that those are going to sell more. We know they will. So right. show us the concerts, show us the live stuff, more visual, live concerts, pieces, excerpts, sections, whatever, not just music. And I think that's going to make the difference on everything, whether they re-release it or whether they reissue or re-whatever. They can re-all day long. If you add the video or the visual element, that's where the sales are going to go up. Plus, it allows us to show the people that still, uh, they only know Purple Rain or they, they like Prince, but boom visual it's a visual world they're not going to sit around and oh well, let me hear it you show them a video or something oh wow i didn't know he did that so that's right. where they need to capitalize that's the point i told you this we, we've had this discussion before i'm sorry if i made myself bigger for a second but they have the power to be able to really shut down the bootleggers <sighs> no. because they have everything that they need yes I have downloaded a lot of bootleg material because I'm curious to hear stuff that we're not, we're just simply just not getting. It's very, I think there's only been a handful of bootleg uh, physical product that I've ever purchased um, just because it's the reality of it. But this was one of these prime examples. This was the last one that I picked up only because I was interested in it. And that was this one here Prince Piano on a Microphone. From the Paisley Park Prince Piano on a Microphone. This one here is mm. an entire box set that's done very, very meticulously that has tons of uh, tons of material, including a remake of tickets. They're doing full-blown. Right. It's it's everything is in here. They they literally have recreated this entire uh and they used for whatever files, obviously these are not master recordings. I mean, they got them for whatever the sources that they got them in. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that a lot of people were like, oh my God, you bought this. You're supporting blah, 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 blah. Okay, calm down for a minute because I wanted to see this. I wanted to see it live. And there's only way that you can actually do that. And I wanted to listen to it. And of course, when I listened to it, I was very disappointed. Right, um, of course. Right. I was just... I was just very, very disappointed that of, of the quality of it. But the thing that's most, more disappointing than anything else is the is that the estate has all of it and and they the have quality in the live uh, the live recordings are there. They can circumvent. They can really do damage to the bootleggers in a major, major way by putting this out in an official manner. And they have so much material to work with, just like you're saying in the live shows mm -hmm. that they could easily make it so that they're beating the bootleggers to the punch. Right. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. They literally could beat the bootleggers to the punch. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, and it's not about. And a legit quality. Right. right. And, and it's not, only about just hunting down bootleggers because it doesn't really matter what they do or how quickly they do it. Bootleggers will always exist and they will always create. And that's just, that's okay. That's fine. It is what it is. I mean, it's not okay, but it is what it is. Right. But if you had a choice 
between the beast, you know, the beast recordings and the beast stuff and a bootleg version. Which one are you going to choose? And so all they have to do is pay attention to what they're doing and pay attention to what's happening and see what's been selling and what's not and just knock it out the park. Just not and get ahead of it. That's the hard part. Like, you know, people afraid to pull the trigger. Uh, just get ahead of it. Even if something wasn't at the top quality of what they wanted to, if it came from the estate, it's still going to sell bigger than anything else. And a lot of stuff can be remedied. Obviously, you know, it's just based yeah. on you know how they recorded it or whatever. Absolutely. But I mean, that's part of the recording process. I mean, with one night alone. Uh, recording for the Rainbow Children tour, I mean, they obviously went in with a specific purpose. But you've got tons of recordings like like the Montreux Jazz Festival. I, I see, you know, uh, Monica was talking about the South by Southwest uh, 2013 show. She said she was there. Uh, there's so much that's out there right now that you can get it. And and a lot again, a lot of people get on my case about it. Why did you get that? It's because I am insatiable. Hmm. That's not a pun. I'm saying I literally am insatiable when it comes to getting everything that's out there in in the Prince world. No matter where it comes from, I want to hear it. Especially that's the other problem I haven't heard before. I'm just like I don't care. I just don't care. Um, so, so you're the problem. You you just yeah. no. I'm not a problem. I just have I, I have a problem. I get, yeah, right, exactly. They they need a PA PA meetings, Prince Anonymous. You need to. Uh, and it's a twelve I, step program. Yeah, it's a so thirty one twenty one step program. Yeah. So somebody asked, "Where are the masters?" As far as I know, all the masters are over at Iron Mountain, uh, because they're there in a temperature regulated area that's all keeps everything protected. It's just protecting everything. And mm -hmm. Sharon Nelson is trying to trying to do something different mm -hmm. uh last thing i heard is that she was trying to get the, the recordings away from iron mountain because she wants it back into control of of paisley park and in we're back home um but i don't know that that's necessarily a great move or not i don't know because um a lot of people had issues with them moving it to iron mountain a lot of people felt one, one way I kind of mm -hmm. feel like if you are in a secure, if it that music is in a secured location that nobody can get into, that nobody can walk away with stuff, that is completely 100%, 24-7 monitored, climate controlled, mm -hmm. all the things that Patsy Park is not, then just keep it there. Right. You know, just keep it there. Mm. Um, so there are a lot of people. Um Elena says, I think Dwayne Tudal has permission to dig into the vault. Uh, yes, actually, he does because he's an archivist. So right. he it's him and like a handful of other people that know everything that is in there. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, in my opinion, I think I don't really have a problem with it being in Iron Mountain as long as I know that it's it's secure and nothing's going to happen to it, that it's not going to burn down, that it's not going to melt, that it's not going to degrade, that it's not going to mildew, that it's not – it's. It, that's right. the things that you have to watch out for. And that's what Iron Mountain does. That's what Iron so Mountain does. I would say just leave it where it's at and just keep it, keep it, keep it where it's at. Now there may, there, there are arguments to the contrary. Um, but I just don't think it's a good idea to bring it, to bring them back into Paisley Park, unless you're planning to set up some type of facility that will accommodate that. They said that where it was stored was horrible and that it was, 
not climate controlled and this, that, and the other. And I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know exactly where they're stored. I don't know what the condition of that vault. I've seen pictures of inside there. It didn't look well, like there was anything other than a big storage area. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, let's be realistic. You have to think about when the vault the vault was created uh, or when it was built or put in or however they got it there. Uh, times have changed. So there would have to prob- most likely be some upgraded situations or, or a new vault or or something. Something has would probably have to be done. And the fact that it's a facility that they open to the public, there's a lot of things they need to do ahead right. of time. That's just important. And that's a lot of money. That's a lot of things they have to do, they would need to do to prepare. So, and so here's the other part of this too. Um, there are other, there's tons of other artists that were on Paisley Park label. Um, there's a mm-hmm. lot of people that you know. I mean, one that I can think of right now, uh, Carmen Electra. <laughs> Carmen Electra. Yes. Now let's let's let let's think about this now because if you go back in time, you have to remember that. Carmen Carmen Electra's album. Well, l- let me just let me just play this commercial for you, because I think it's really really important that you understand how impactful Carmen Electra's album was anticipated what? to be. Let's 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 watch this together. This is our future. She is the scariest female on the planet. She is inevitable. She is addictive. To listen to her music on a loud system is to come a thousand times. Carmen, Electra, Paisley Park, Warner Brothers, CD and cassette. <laughs> I had to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I re-listened to the album and I didn't come once. <laughs> I, it must be my system, is all I got to say. I was braced for it and everything. <laughs> it, it, nope. it, it was inevitable. Uh, nope. But nope. Uh, Prince could mark it. That was a great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they did a good job with anticipation. <laughs> At least Major Insurance was like. Yeah, absolutely. A thousand times seems excessive, but I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, time to head to the record store. I mean, I could do that in a week, you know. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's uh, yes, I mean, the impact of that album on your own sex life was unparalleled. Uh, anyways, what <laughs> that's it's you know. That's just what it is. Uh, that's that just line. That line just kills me to come that's, a thousand yeah, times. Yeah, the, the fact that they mentioned that. Uh... <laughs> you could have left that out. I would have more intrigued. Once you said that, I'm like, okay. <laughs> mm. and the, the part that gets me is the delivery. <laughs> delivery. <laughs> she is 
inevitable. She <laughs> is the scariest woman on the planet. It's like she was reading off a of cue cards. She is. <laughs> can only do one she word at a time. <laughs> the scariest. Uh, yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, was... Oh my God! Uh, so yeah, that all being said, we're going to be seeing some re- re- reissues of some of the albums. Yeah, um, um, so yeah, it, it should be interesting, I suppose. I uh, I kind of agree. Uh, who said it? Somebody said, uh, "I I can't." Well, something about we don't want to see uh, her abomination of a door, and yeah, there it is. And I I, I, I do I do agree with that. I do agree. <laughs> there are some things you don't need to do <laughs> as a part of your re-release, like hide something. You know? So, so uh, all right. So let's move on from that. We can we can kind of move forward in regards to what we can expect to see coming. That's really awesome that we can expect to see some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we're going to get the Diamonds and Pearls uh, Deluxe Edition, which I'm going to save you money on here in just a second. Uh, just a, well, a few minutes. Announcement. More than a few minutes. But I'm going to save you some money because you need to know what's going on here because this is the same thing they did with the Sign of the Times Deluxe Edition. And if you're not paying attention, you're just throwing the money away. So I want to, I want you to stay tuned. We're going to talk about this. So the same focus, or the same, sorry, the same folks that found the early set, the early notations throughout the registries for the diamonds and pearls box set released. They also found signals in the registry for the dream factory and Camille. Hmm. Very interesting that this, this is popping up in the registry too. So I am going to share this now. These two album covers that you're seeing on the left-hand side are just fan-based. Well, not fan-based. The, the top one is fan-based that shows Wendy and Lisa and then the, the puffy blimp that says Dream Factory on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a fan fan artwork. The one below it that says The Flesh, that was actually done by Susanna Melvoin, um, Wendy's sister, who was in a relationship with Prince, but that was one uh, that was an album cover that she designed for what was supposed to be the Dream Factory. That for I always try to I always assume that everybody in the chat room that is the watching our show are hardcore Prince fans that know every little thing that there is to know. That's typically the, what the connotations I get from the dialogue. But I also know there's a lot of people that are quiet and silent because they don't want to say things or they don't want to ask questions because they don't know a lot of the history of some of this stuff. Well, for those who don't know, Dream Factory was an album that was being put together that was going to be the next Revolution album after Parade. And what ended up happening was, is that Prince was sending music continuously to Wendy and Lisa on a regular basis. And it was like, take the song. Can you flesh it out for me? Let's kind of come up with some stuff. Mm -hmm. And they were writing tons of stuff. Tons. Um, Like a lot of the music that was supposed to be on uh, on this album were really, cr- a lot of it was crafted by Wendy and Lisa. Now, it was Prince's ideas, but they really had a lot to do with that. Um, a lot to do with the music on that album. But what right. ended up happening was Prince decided, never mind, I'm just going to fire the revolution. 
and he just dropped everything. Just just like that. Just, just said, like that. Uh, goodbye. And just dropped them everything. Just dropped the band. And um he obviously held on to to Dr. Fink. Um and Eric Leeds was still kind of in the mix, but you know, you're the revolution was basically toast. It was gone. Mm. And all the songs that were supposed to be on this album, uh, with, with all the songs that were on Sign of the Times were, were actually the culmination of two albums that we're about to talk about, Dream Factory and Camille. Mm. And we'll talk about Camille in a second. But Dream Factory is like all the other, uh, a, a, a huge chunk of the songs that were on that album. I will tell you that I was able to find some of the recordings, uh, a lot of a lot of which came from you know various sources. That's all I'll say. That have the segues and stuff in this configuration for Dream Factory, and I've played them in this order on um, put the Dream Factory album together with the songs in this order, and it was a masterpiece. Hmm. It was a masterpiece. It, it this would have been the next the next unbelievable incredible selling album not that sign of the times wasn't mm. but this would have been this album would have been just fine in the configuration that it was and it would have been fantastic and there's like so many segues where songs kind of bleed together and um i i actually put it together i found all the segues um i think there was only like one or two pieces that i didn't have but i put it together and it was majestic so sometime in the near future i will play i will do that again i do still have all those pieces and i will play dream factory for you guys again mm. but i can tell you the dream factory was amazing but here it is coming up in the registry with the layout so apparently this is something that they're thinking or considering and it is you know pretty it, amazing yeah yeah, <laughs> and it's here. Now I don't know what they're going to do for an album cover. I don't know yes. if there ever was some type of album cover that was decided on. They have a couple here, but I can tell you that the Dream Factory will not include Wendy and Lisa only on the cover. Right. That won't yeah. happen. That won't happen. Uh, that can't happen. Anything. I mean, when Susanna Melvoin made that album artwork, the band was to be called The Flesh. Um. Mm. A matter of fact, if you guys have heard the the leaked outtakes from uh, "You Got to Shake Something," which is like there's like different versions, but there's like a 30 minute version of "You Got to Shake Something." Um, Eric Leeds did a, a a fake DJ voice, and he goes, "Here's the next song from yeah. Flesh." From you the gotta flesh. Shake yeah. That is. Um, so they were calling themselves the flesh at that point in time. Anyways, all that being said, this is another configuration that's coming. We don't know when or what it's ha what's happening, but this is something else that popped up on the registry. This technically could be considered rumor and conjecture. They could just be registering it for the sake of protecting their IP. I don't know. I'm just telling you it's popped up on the registry. The other thing that's popped up on the registry is uh, put, put the wrong thing. The other thing that's popped up on the registry is Camille. Mm. So, mm. Camille, again, to speak to those folks who may not know all the story, 
Prince was putting this album together called Camille. That is his basically his alter ego, uh, his his female alter, alter female alter ego, and all those high pitched female sounding songs um, that you all know and love, uh, which include the eight tracks that would have been on Camille, Housequake, not in this order, but Housequake, If I Was Your Girlfriend, uh, Rebirth of the Flesh. You can hear his voice. You can hear that sped up female entity Mm -hmm. of his voice. But again, Housequake, If I Was Your Girlfriend, Rebirth of the Flesh, Strange Relationship, Feel You Up, Shockadelica, Good Love, and rock hard in a funky place. That is the configuration of Camille. And that's what this album was supposed to be. But again, after he decided to fire the revolution and decided to recreate the band in its entirety, then what ended up happening was he took all those songs from the dream factory and songs from Camille and he meshed them together. Obviously there was a lot of songs that did not make it on on it, like, uh, mm. I mean, Adonis and Bathsheba and Colors and all those other songs. There's a bunch of songs that fell to the wayside, but for the most part, the the tracks that were that came from Camille and uh, Dream Factory were put onto Sign of the Times, and Sign of the Times became a duck. Now, Sign of the Times is supposed to be a triple album, and if Warner Brothers had allowed him to do a triple album, those songs that had shaken out would have been on there, but they weren't. Right. So you ended up just getting a double album, and then you know some of that stuff just kind of fell by the wayside. So the last thing that happened with Camille that came up in the news was Jack White from the White Stripes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually was in a bidding war trying to purchase the one of very few Camille albums that were pressed. And he was in a bidding war trying to trying to get this, try, trying to trying to win this. And apparently, the first time he lost the bid to Questlove. Mm. And I don't know what Questlove got it for, but the second time another one came up, Jack White won the second auction, and now he is a proud owner of the Camille album, and it basically cost him forty nine thousand three hundred seventy five dollars to win Camille. Gosh. So now he's got it. Yeah. Now a lot of people don't know this, but Jack White owns a record label called Third Man Records. And there's some other people there. There's some other owners too that are in the mix. Um, I think it's like three people. Uh Jack White, Ben Blackwell, and I can't remember the third person's name, but there's three of them, hence Third Man Records. And when he got Camille he contacted the estate and he asked them, can Mm. I officially release Camille and get the rights to it? And they gave it to him. They gave it to him. (laughs) This wouldn't be an NPG records thing or a Paisley Park records thing. This would be, or Warner brothers thing. And I don't understand the reasoning behind it, but he was given the rights to release Camille. Jack White of the White Stripes, given the rights to release Camille. And so he was real excited about it. He actually talked about it on, on one of the late night shows. I want to say it was with Jimmy Fallon, I want to say. I don't remember which one. But he was on, on, on one of the shows, and he was really excited that he got it. 
And right. so it is going to be coming out, Camille. We do know this, but no dates have been set. Nothing has been written in stone, but Third Man Records has the rights to do it. And it's coming. Right. Yeah, it's to be interesting. It's just yeah, uh, take a breath. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that's you know, uh, but again, we'll hear about it eventually. It's just you know, he, he's had he's had the rights for a while now, but there's been no discussion about when it's going to happen. But it will happen at some point. So yeah, uh, Kiari was talking about um, um, he's a while they're on the albums. It could have been. Why doesn't anybody talk about hi? hi. Uh, I know that most of the songs were released on Chocolate Invasion and Slaughterhouse, but it'd be nice to hear that configuration. Uh, that configuration was really interesting. For those who don't know, High High features Prince nude on the album cover once again, assuming he's nude. Um, I don't know now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, for those that don't know, we had Gilbert Davidson, who was Prince's manager during that time of Love, Sexy, and Everything Else, who broke the internet by telling us, which had never been released before, that uh, Prince was not naked on the cover of Love Sexy. Love Sexy. He was exactly. actually wearing green shorts that they airbrushed over. And um, everybody was like, w -w 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 what? Right. Um, <laughs> so that's a thing. Uh, anyway, so to go kind of go back, but yeah, that was Prince naked on the cover of High also, and he's holding a guitar strategically straightforward. Uh, anyways, yeah, I don't know why I don't, I think there may have been some issues with that configuration. It just maybe that album didn't flow the way it was supposed to, but that happens with a lot of stuff where he kind of comes up yeah. with an idea for an album. And then his, because of the, the, the capacity that he has for, I mean, the volume of music that he has going through his head right now, it's just kind of like, no, this is a better idea. Let me go with this. Right. Um, as you saw with the dream factory and Camille shaking out to be sign of the times. And then a lot of that stuff that was on Camille either ended up, um, on B sides or, you know, Shockadelica right. was a B side. It wasn't a red out. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, there was just things that just didn't happen. And then of course, you know, uh, colors and what was the other song uh, that Lisa had wrote? There was two that were specifically written by one was written by Wendy and one was, one was written by Lisa. Obviously those were strategically removed from mm -hmm. the album because he didn't, he disbanded the revolution. So right. those songs were not going to be on there. Right. Um, Anyways, so in going back to Jack White, Prince actually knew Jack. Um, I can't remember. There was a um, somebody that Jack was dating. I don't know if it was his, his wife. Now. I don't know what it is. But they were at a concert together, and Prince started talking to Jack about his guitar playing and made some type of comment um, regarding, you know, don't worry about what other people think about your playing because Jack White had just got done doing a, uh, a song for a James Bond movie and it was called Another Way to Die, and he did it with Alicia Keys. And my guess is is that because of the fact that Alicia Keys was in the mix is probably why Jack White ended up on Prince's radar. Everything mm -hmm. kind of you know flows together because Prince avidly followed Alicia Keys. Um, but all that being said is that Prince knew Jack. Jack was a huge admirer of Prince, like most of us are. Um, anyways, that all being said, Dream Factory and Camille are also popping up on registries, so might we be able to see some of that stuff? Yeah. But for 2023, Diamonds and Pearls Deluxe Edition is what we're going to be getting, as long and also the 25th anniversary of a reissue of Shaka Khan's Come to My House. 
which should be interesting. I mean, the album didn't sell very well. I don't really think that many albums that ever were on, no offense, but no albums that were on Paisley Park label really did well. They didn't. Um, and that's that was mainly because of the either the marketing, which you kind of got a little bit of a sample up with the Carmen Electra stuff, was right. either marketing or uh, a lot of it had to do with distribution also. Because when he decided to kind of take things out of the hands of Warner Brothers, he lost all that distribution channel. That's and right. then what ended up happening is he had to do everything on his own. And then he didn't have all the contacts with the distributions to all the record stores that were out there and all it's just it 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 is a racket for sure yeah yeah at Uh, that point it becomes a very slow burn when you when you're doing it yourself you know (laughs) that's that's for sure so uh anyways that all being said uh let's let let's go ahead and uh talk about uh diamonds and pearls we're going to speak on this a little bit because I am going to uh, talk. I'm going to save you major bank here with Diamonds and Pearls Deluxe set. Okay, I'm going to save you sixty four dollars off of that Diamonds and Pearls Deluxe CD set, and I'm going to save you ninety one dollars on the vinyl set. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Hmm. I mean, to get. I mean, it's a lot of money out of the gate, but it's a lot. A hundred dollars, almost a hundred bucks off of that is 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 pretty ridiculous. Uh, matter of fact, I think I'm going to, I think I'm just going to do this just for a second. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it just for a minute. Do it. Uh, because I know I've been teasing it and I want to talk about it just for a minute. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to rewind and I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell you about a couple things that we also know about this DMP deluxe edition as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of things being the origin of that concert that is going to be on this diamonds and pearls deluxe edition. A shout out to at Prince Threads on Twitter, who did a a really cool Prince thread on the source of that concert, which is a really cool story, and I want to share it with you. So I'm going to share that with you, and I'm also going to talk briefly about the Insatiable Early Mix that was released, and also the Alice Through the Looking Glass that was released, and I got a couple interesting tidbits about those that I kind of uncovered as well that I want to share with you, but I want to talk to you because I've already been teasing enough about this saving money thing. So I'm going to talk about it. And <laughs> Heidi says 64 94 money that can go towards an Aerosmith ticket. It is. Yeah. Right. Well, I was yeah. just doing it. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, if you would like to save some money, I would suggest absolutely positively 100% buying this set on Amazon. And I made the, I, I actually made links for you so you don't have to search around for it because it's not quite obvious, as obvious as you would think. So I made it real simple. Funkatopia.com, that's F-U-N-K-A-T-O-P-I-A.com slash D-P. Or if you want the vinyl set, that's for the CD one. If you want the vinyl set, Funkatopia.com slash D-P-V for vinyl. And I'm I'm going to break this down for you. On a, on Amazon right now, this CD collection is selling for one twenty seven ninety nine. Mm. Okay, if you are an Amazon Prime member, which most people are, right? Either because you forgot to cancel and it renewed on you, or you movies, or you actually, <laughs> or you actually keep it. Um, 
but on the print store, it's $159.98, roughly 160 bucks. So it's 128 bucks on Amazon, but 160 bucks on the store, in the print store. And if you buy it through the print store, you can get, you have two forms of shipping. You can either spend $7.81 and it gets on the slow boat media mail (laughs) when it gets released and you'll get it like a week or so after it's already been released and everybody else has it. Or if you want it on the release date, they'll charge you $32 to to get it. So it's $160 plus $32 in shipping. Mm. So, So the thing about it is, is that on Amazon, you can get the CD deluxe version, but Amazon, it's free. You get two-day shipping free on Amazon. Mm. So on Amazon, you'll get the CD deluxe version for $128. But if you do it via the store with the shipping, it costs you $192. So you save $64 by buying the CD set, the CD set on Amazon. So to get that deal, you don't have to go through the Funkatopia link, but I made it easy for you. Funkatopia.com slash DP for diamonds and pearls. Funkatopia.com slash DP. You will save $64 if you buy it through that link instead of buying it through the print store. Because you get it on Amazon, and you'll get the free shipping from Amazon. And even if you don't have Amazon Prime, their shipping is pretty friggin' reasonable. Um, because they have this massive deal with USPS. Um, the other thing is for vinyl. Okay, this and the print store, the vinyl set is $350, $349.98. Just add two pennies and it's 350 bucks. 350 bucks for the vinyl at the print store. And again, if you want that faster shipping and you add the, the 32 bucks for the shipping, it's $382 to get that vinyl set, the one that's on the, the far right, the or whatever it is you're looking at, because far right if you're looking at it, $382 in that print store. Mm. On Amazon right now, that vinyl set is under $300. It's $291, $290.99. And you get the free shipping if you have Amazon Prime. That is $91 less to buy it on Amazon. Now, I said, I already, you know, a lot of people get, a, a, a lot of people get upset when I say, well, I'm supporting the Prince Estate, I'm supporting this. Okay, you're still, it doesn't matter. I've said this last time this happened. You still are. Times election, it does not buy it. It does not buy it. I mean, it does not take any money out of their pockets. Right. It does not. You are still supporting the estate. You are still supporting them by buying this music, no it's matter how good. you buy it. I see somebody saying that you that you can buy it on uh, right there at uh Electric fetus. Right. It doesn't matter. It, it literally does not matter. Because the reality of this, you know, with the packaging and everything, if you're looking at it, it's, you know, it, the amount of money that they're making on this is excessive. It doesn't really matter. They're going to get money. I'm just telling you. And we want we want these collections. I've already ordered. I don't know if you've ordered or not, but I don't know if this sale is going to go away. Right now, the reason why the pricing is the way that it is on Amazon is because of the fact that right now it's being marked as 20% off mm-hmm. on Amazon. 
So that's the reason why the pricing is what it is. I don't know when the pricing is going to go back up. Right. I just know that for the CD set for Diamonds and Pearls Deluxe, it's $128 on Amazon with free shipping. And with shipping on the store, it is $160 plus $192. So it's $192 to buy it from the store, the print store, or $128 on Amazon with free shipping. Uh, that doesn't, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't. They did the exact same thing with Sign of the Times, where they had this massive discount on Amazon. When they announced that this was coming out and it came out of the print store, I was going to buy it. I had it in the cart. I click add to cart. And then when I got to the, the shipping and I saw that they were going to charge me $32 to get it in time. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I was like, what? I said, this is, I, I, I'm, I'm going to gamble because I'm willing to bet this is going to happen again on Amazon mm -hmm. where they're going to release it on Amazon. I'm going to get the free two day shipping. Uh, I may get it like, I think a day after it actually officially gets released to people. Um, that's fine. Because it actually comes the day before our Tuesday show. So we will mm. do an unboxing. I think I would get it with the second day shipping. I'll get it on Monday and I'll be able to do the unboxing the very next day on Tuesday. So, and if you're local, you can go to Electric Fetus and get free shipping from Electric Fetus. They also have it there. Uh, but again, uh, Steve's is saying there's 50% off on Amazon Canada if you're in Canada. Wow. So that all being said, it's 20% off right now on Amazon and you will save $64 by buying it on Amazon for the CD set and you'll save $91 off with the vinyl set on Amazon. And again, I set up the links for you. It's funkatopia.com slash DP for the CD set and funkatopia.com slash vinyl for the vinyl set. So I'm sorry, DPV. Yeah. So funkatopia.com slash DP V for diamonds and pearls, vinyl DPV or just funkatopia.com slash DP for the CD set. And it will take you right to those pages where you can order, get that 20% off, get that free shipping and save money. So um, a lot of people still asking no hologram. I don't <laughs> see anything. I, this was a question that Andre brought up. Uh, yeah. And uh, last, last time we did the show and we, I don't see there's anything that's going to be going on with the, with the hologram. I don't, I don't think yeah. there's anything that's going to be happening there. Um, it was a really cool little thing that they did. Um, you know, it is what it is. But I wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way because I know I've been kind of, you know, tinkering with you guys and talking about, you know. Yeah. Leading up to it. <laughs> I, I've been kind of teasing that. So yeah. I wanted to go ahead and skip skip forward a little bit and talk about this deal because it is an amazing deal. Um, it's an amazing deal. Yeah. So, I mean, if you could – I mean, the fact that I was able to save $64 by going to Amazon doesn't make any sense. That's craziness. And here's, here's, my, here's my thought process. I mean, if, if you're the estate, uh, and I know that there are um, – I know that the estate listens to this show only because I get the emails. Um, I'm telling – if you're going to do a special or a deal on Amazon – 
reflect the same deal in the store. Right. That I mean, Something. if you're going to do 20% off in Amazon, do the 20% off in the store. Because while it may just be a bookkeeping thing and maybe, you know, somebody's not updating things across across the different channels, mm-hmm. um, they do have systems in place to, to do all that, where if you change the price, it will effectively do it across all the channels that you sell it in. Correct. For whatever reason you're not doing that, they're being individually handled. But here's the thing. The way that it's perceived by people is that you're taking advantage of them. And right, that is the perception. I'm telling you, when this happened last time, when they did the Sign of the Times Deluxe Edition, it was the same scenario. It was that same, it was a lot of money. It was a lot of money. It was a big difference. Um, the problem was, is that people were so mad mm-hmm. that I was pointing that out because they had already purchased through the store or whatever, that they were just they were just mad at me. And I was just like, I didn't do this. Right. I, I want you to have this. I want you to buy it. I want you to have a reason to, to want this. But the problem is, is that I'm, if I can save you money, I'm going to save you money. Right. And if, again, the estate's still getting paid. It's not like they're not getting paid. This, you're not the release. It's getting counted. It's getting right. reported. It, it's getting handled the way it should. So you're, you're not, not taking money out of their pocket. Not at you're, all. They're, not they're at getting all. paid no matter where you buy it from. That's right. Um, now, I will say, and this is something that we did not talk about, I will say that I'm already seeing some insanity with the singles collection that they had. I don't have a picture of it, oh, but uh, on the print store, they had a um, they had a singles collection that was essentially the artwork for each one of the individual singles that were released from Diamonds and Pearls, along with their B-sides and whatnot. And a then limited release, right? It was it was a very it was a limited release, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually can pull it up right now. I'll actually share this with you. It was a limited release, and people bought it up. It is already sold out, so it's already sold out. It's got uh, the single for "Get Up," "Cream," "Insatiable," "Diamonds and Pearls," "Money Don't Matter Tonight," "Thunder," and "Alice Through the Looking Glass," and. People are already, they don't even have this in their possession yet, I don't think. Um, I don't think this, does this get released with everything else or is this already in people's possession? I don't uh, know this. I think I think some people do have it. <laughs> yeah, I think this This was not, uh, this is not a wait. This was, because the singles already existed, people yeah. bought this. And it was on sale. I don't remember what, does anybody remember what the pricing for this was? I want to say it was maybe 80 bucks or something like that. People are selling this for a thousand dollars on eBay right now because it's limited edition. They got it. And all they did was purchase it, turn around just to resell it. it, just to resell it. <sighs> and this is going to happen. Yep. I mean, th- this is, that's the reality of it's going to happen. Some of the stuff whenever, uh, the Minnesota Twins have a Prince night and they always give away like umbrellas or they give away rain jackets or whatever. Uh, all you got to do is just go to eBay the next day or two after the game. They'll be there. Put it up there. And, you know, you can get one for like, you know, 50 bucks or whatever. It's like, why would you spend 50 bucks on that? Well, let's see. What would it cost me to go uh, to fly up to Minneapolis to rent a car 
to buy a ticket to the baseball game right. and then to eat a I, hot dog. I mean, <laughs> even if I spent $200 on it, I would still save a bunch of money just to get, you know, it's, yeah, it's insane. Oh, Lawrence said it's $129. It was $129 for the, the single set, but they're turning around and they're selling them for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. I bought the Hawaii box set, the Princeton Hawaii box set with the velvet thing or whatever. Uh, and I was going to turn around and resell it. I've had no luck. <laughs> I'm, I still have it. And it looks like I just own the Hawaii box set. I can't find anybody who wants to buy it from me. It's just like, all right, well, I got the Hawaii box set. <laughs> One more thing that my, that will end up at Goodwill once I die. So uh, I don't know. I think it'll end up in Je- Jeff Page's place, but you know, uh, it'll end up somewhere. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, it will. Yeah, it'll, it'll end up. Yeah, there you go. Um, we will, we will, there's gonna be stuff to be resold, I'm sure. Um, anyways, let's go back so we can kind of wrap some of this up because I want to talk about a couple of the things here. So, there you go, you can save money. Uh, Jeff Page will leave that scroller up, they'll show you how where you can get that deal. Funkatopia.com slash DP to save yourself $64 off of that CD set for the Diamonds and Pearls Deluxe Edition, and Funkatopia.com slash DPV in order to get the vinyl collection and save $91 off of that set as compared to buying it directly from the print store. You can buy it from Amazon instead. You're still it still counts towards their sales, they still get paid. It's all good. Um, do it. Take advantage of inconsistencies, my friend. It's just the reality of it. Hey, you know what? What? I will lead folks over to the print store and I will tell them that's the best way to buy it. <laughs> once I start seeing checks written in my name. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but again, I, I, I feel like, you know, I've been doing this for many years, uh, supporting the estate and supporting, um, I've I've just supported Prince and I've been doing this for a really, really long time. And neither the estate or Paisley Park have ever sent me anything. They've never given me access to anything. You know, you I've don't have to you don't have to justify sharing good information. I, I right? just feel like I just feel like, you know, hey, you know. Yeah, no. You know, if this is if this is how you know. I'm just I'm, I'm gonna that's my bitch and moan session for the day. All right, you here know, we go. You know what? We we save the money so that they be, they can become Patreon members. We want you to save money so that you can actually put it aside so that you can save up for the celebration in next year. Because that too. Here's what I'm telling you: <laughs> next year, 2024, will be the 40th anniversary of Purple Rain which we just talked about as far as what's going to be released. And I guarantee you, again, you can consider it rumor and conjecture, but it would be, I would be shocked like taser guns from five different size shot. If the celebration did not do anything that had to do with purple rain and that 40th anniversary, right? There's going to be something that's going to be happening at that celebration. That's going to be heavily revolved around purple rain and I can tell you there's going to be performances that are I, – I, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. It hasn't been announced, but I'm absolutely. telling you it's got to be. If, absolutely. If don't, it's insanity. It's just – it's insanity. It's going to be. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, last show, we discussed every single track on the Deluxe Edition. 
Um, we kind of talked about some of the songs that were on there. Jeff mm-hmm. Page, you were out of town, so it was just me. Um, but I talked about all the tracks that were going to be on Diamonds and Pearls Deluxe Edition, including mm-hmm. some of the ones that you know were not dropped. Um, so if you want to hear me chat about that, just go back to uh, a couple of weeks, and you're it's you know you can see the show. But there's a few notes I wanted to add because I'm not going to rehash the Diamonds and Pearl Deluxe Edition show. I'm not going to do that. But there was a few little details that popped up that I really want to share with you because I thought they were cool. First off, the songs the estate had dropped on the streaming platforms. And also, I want to talk about the concert that's going to be included uh, with some neat little tidbits. First, let's talk about the release tracks. The estate released two tracks, which was Insatiable, which it's a song we all know and love, but this particular version that they released on Spotify was called the Early Mix Dash Full Version. Mm. And also another song called Alice Through the Looking Glass. And I have two comments on those songs before we talk about the concert. First, I want to talk about Insatiable. And what's interesting about Insatiable is... Um, everybody loves that song. It's a very, very sexy song for sure, obviously. Uh, but I listened closer because as I was driving on this long drive uh, back from Delonica over the Labor Day weekend, I I was listening to some of the things that he was saying in that part at the end of the at the end of the song where he's kind of talking about you know I'm gonna you know we're gonna record this and blah 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 and yeah all that stuff and I don't want to ruin it for anyone who is not who hasn't listened to this new version yet. But what's interesting is I laughed at the dialogue that was in this version that they edited out of the version that we all know and love. And so I was like, do I just not remember it correctly? Because I want to kind of go back and, and look and see what's there. And I played them side by side, kind of listening to see what was edited out. And some of the lyrics from the early version, again, were taken out of the final ones and let me i'm going to share a couple of lines that were taken out that i thought were funny well not that were funny but they're just just very very different um one of them is you know when he talks about um i can't remember the exact line paraphrasing but when he talks about recording and he's just like you know the little red dot Mm -hmm. he says after that he says go ahead turn the camera on I'll just pretend this is a private movie. I had a little wine, nothing a little stronger. So baby, I'm a little gone. Yeah. That's what I'll blame this on. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of humorous that he kind of added this, added it in. Now he's did, a little drunk. In this did show. he blame it on the a- 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 alcohol? <laughs> he did. He did. He absolutely did. Um, the other line that was in here was, do you mind if I hold your hand? It's just that I missed you. Can you understand that? It's like, mm. do you hear me, baby? Um, and my favorite one with the insatiable is we all know the line, you say you want my hips in the air. No, I don't care. That line, the way that he says it, just, it, it's just, I don't know. There's something about the way that he says that line is just, for a guy, it's just kind of like, okay. But what's funny is, is that the follow-up line to that in this early version is he says you say you want my hips in the air no i don't care but in the early version he also adds 
if my boys, if they could see me now, they might laugh, but it's just you and me and they don't know the half. So I think it's funny where he talks about the fact that what's in the air part, but then he's, he adds in, if my boys could see me, they would laugh at me because I'm in this <laughs> awkward position. So there's like a bunch of little lyrics that are, that just, are in this song that I think it's funny. I just picture like the stare, <laughs> the ladder like leaning back. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, uh, so anyways, wow. if, if any of the ladies felt some sort of way with this song, this is the extended version that's kind of really adds some stuff to it. And there's like a bunch of other lines in there, too, that were also edited out of the version mm -hmm. that you know and love. So it kind of adds the length of the song. And I think you'll like it. It's uh, if you haven't had a chance to sit down, pay attention to it. It's really, really cool. Definitely put the headphones on. Check it out. It's a romantic <laughs> song. Then the well. Romantic in a slash sexy way. Mm. Mm. Anyways, um, if any success happens with a romantic song, that's typically where it should go, or you're hoping anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's getting late now. Lawrence. This word will make you orgasm a thousand times. <laughs> Um, that's <laughs> nice callback. I <laughs> yeah, nice callback. That's good. That's good. Now uh, the other one, I'm going to have to. I need to open these tracks because because um, the next one I want to talk about is the track uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Now hmm. I'm going to have to be careful with this one because yeah. of the the, uh, the the copywriting scenario that's going to occur. Here we go. Uh, obviously, but so I'm only going to play a little portion of it. But there are two. Um, some when I mentioned on the previous show a couple weeks ago that I was not familiar with Alice in the Looking Glass. Somebody sent me a copy of Sheila E. doing this song at the 2002 celebration, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I do remember this." But it was like one of those things. Oh now. I heard it, but I didn't have it. So it was just kind of like, oh, I heard it. That was awesome. I'll never hear this again. Luckily, somebody sent it to me. So I'm very happy and thankful that somebody sent it to me. I'm going to play you a clip because it's also uh, happens to be floating around on YouTube as well. So if yep. you wanted to uh, listen to that version on YouTube, you can. And I am going to uh, anyway, I'm going to I'm going to share that with you in a second. Anyways. Uh, let's first first play a track, a piece of the track from Alice Through the Looking Glass that the estate has released that Prince does. Mm -hmm. And while this is very, very cool, um, it's not as good as the Sheila E version. It, I, I hope I don't upset people by saying that, but you'll see why. It's like the, it. I think, when Prince kind of creates these songs at first, he has an idea and the basis and the, the, the foundation for the song is there. And then the artists kind of come in and they take it and they just beef it up. And I'm sure that Prince had a heavy hand in beefing this up for that 2002 celebration. Right. But it is a woof. It's they flushed a, it out. Oh man, they flushed them out of this song. And it's yeah. really, really cool. But let's listen to Prince's version first, a clip of Prince's version. Let's start there. And then, 
then we'll play the clip of Sheila's version so that you can kind of hear the difference. And I'll play a little bit more of Sheila's version because there's no copyright on this one because it's not out there. So we can kind of have a little bit of fun either way. So without further ado, I will shut up. Let's listen to Prince's version or a little clip of Prince's version of Alice Through the Looking Glass here. And um, let's just try it out. Here it is. Right? Okay, so that is a clip of her. You heard that okay, right? Again, yeah. I'm doing everything from my laptop, so this is a totally different, it's a totally different thing. Now, I'm going to play Sheila E's version that she did at the 2002 celebration. I'm going to play a lot more of that one. And you're going to see the vast difference of this song. And I'm going to let you guys enjoy this for a little bit, at least a minute or two of this, because it's freaking fire. And uh, you can find it on YouTube. You can go to YouTube and search for Prince Alice through the Looking Glass. You're probably going to find his version that the estate is released, but you'll also find Sheila's that's out there too. Um, but let's take a listen to this. It's not on Funkatopia site, so the estate don't have a problem with me. I'm just saying this is out here. Uh, but I want you to hear this and check us out. Here we go. Let's try it. That is Sheila's version. Very, very different. Very, it was sped up. It was, it's yeah. more funky. There's a lot of that ding, 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 that very 80s thing that he was doing in that la the latter part of the 80s, even though this is happening in 2002 with the celebration. I'm, that version is friggin' fire. 
And yeah. I would hope that the I hope that that would see the light of day in an official capacity because I don't know. I, I would assume that anything that happened within the Paisley Park walls, celebration wise, was recorded professionally with all the correct sound equipment and everything leveled out the way that it's supposed to be. I don't know where those recordings come from, like the one that we just heard. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, Sheila's version is funky. I'm not saying that I don't like Prince's version. I'm just saying if I had to choose between the two, Sheila's version has got, is just get you pumping. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's live. Yeah. It's, yeah. Of course it's live. So it's it's, it's going to have a different live. energy anyways. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and of course, you know, just like uh, Joshua says here, you know, the, he's probably recorded a dozen different versions. This, whatever one that they just released is the one that we're going to be seeing in the Diamonds and Pearls uh, deluxe set. It's pretty awesome. So, yeah. that all being said, I'm very excited for the deluxe edition. I'm also very excited that I saved so much money buying, waiting, and rolling the dice and buying it on Amazon. <laughs> Because I was so upset when I got there. I was like, man, $160 for the CD set. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, so much money. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And then when I got to that cart and they were going to tack on $32 just so I get it in time, I was like, oh, no. Right. I was just like, right. now we're talking about right underneath 200 bucks, and I just can't. I just, I'm just not doing it right now. And then when I saw it on Amazon for $127 with free shipping, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of oh, no. no I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, it's a no-brainer. It's like, yeah, mm, so yeah we're not. Yeah, we're just funkatopia.com slash DP. F-U-N-K-A-T-O-P-I-A dot com slash DP. Save yourself some money on this deluxe edition for diamonds and pearls. Save it. Yep. Save and and funkatopia.com slash DPV for the vinyl. Yeah, if you want the vinyl. Both of them. So All right. So the last thing we got tonight, we only got two more announcements. Uh, well, two, one more thing to talk about with the uh, Diamonds and Pearls thing. And again, this was a um, I did not know the concert that's being included with this Diamonds and Pearls collection. I did not know the story behind the concert. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. it's a concert, but I did not know the story behind it. Luckily, there is a Twitter account uh, called Prince Thread at Prince Thread on Twitter, and they actually shared the story of exactly what happened on with this and and the story behind it. So I wanted to share this story with you. And I'm actually going to share the screen so you can read along because I think this is really cool because it's very very important to understand the source of this concert. So you can kind of get a little bit of perspective of where it came from. So let me mm -hmm. share the screen with you real quick and we'll go through the story and then we're going to close it for the day. All right. So again, at Prince Thread on Twitter, you can follow them and they will kind of give the story. But it says today in 1991, I'm doing this for the audio folks when we release this on Spotify and whatnot. Today in 1991, Prince was going to play his biggest European show to date. 75,000 fans from all over Europe were expected it's expected at Blenheim Palace in the UK on August 31st, 1991, and then it got canceled. What happened? Here is a Prince Twitter thread about the show that never was. It says, uh, due to the announcement of the Diamonds and Pearls Super Deluxe Edition, we've seen many links to the awesome Prince and the MPG rehearsal footage from the summer of 1991. 
But what were they rehearsing for? Didn't the store start as late as April 1992? Mm. As indeed it did, but it was not supposed to go that way. Prince played the Special Olympics ceremony that summer, some showcases, and of course the MTV Video Music Awards, but there was supposed to be an American tour that year as well. The previous year, Prince had played one-off concerts in the U.S. before heading to Europe for proper tours. It happened in 1987 at First Avenue, 1988 at Paisley Park, and again in 1990 at Rupert's Nightclub and St. Paul's Civic Center. In 1991, he wanted to reverse the process, a one-off in Europe, followed by a full tour in the U.S. The latter never materialized, and the first, well, it was a mess. Announced by the promoter Diamond Productions, Prince and the New Power Generation were to play a one-off show at the grounds of Blenheim Castle in Oxfordshire, UK, billed as the Summer Extravaganza, and it was supposed to be modeled after a traveling carnival. And as, it, as you can see here, they've got the graphic, well, if you can, you're looking audio, but it's got a graphic for Prince talking about this Summer Extravaganza that has Prince and the New Power Generations with special guest CNC Music Factory, Color Me Bad. Crystal Waters, Heavy D and the Boys, all appearing on this summer extravaganza. So apart from the performing bands, fun fair rides, roller coasters and big wheels, and a circus, artists such as Jugglers were announced also to support, just like I read, Color Me Bad, Heavy D and the Boys, Crystal mm -hmm. Waters, CNC Music Fe Festival were added to the bill. The event was announced in July and aimed to draw 75,000 visitors from all over Europe. In many countries, tickets were sold in combination with coach tours to the Blenheim Castle Grounds. Roughly 20,000 tickets were sold before the first red flags began the show. Things started to unravel in the first weeks of August, though, when Diamond Productions seemed to be in financial troubles and were way over their heads. It was their first big production, and they were not equipped to pull off such a massive production. All the while, Paisley Park Enterprises has been in talk with Diamond Productions and had seen the tragedy unfold in front of their eyes. Supposedly, Prince even offered to reduce his fee so that the show could go on, to no avail. With a little over a week to go before showtime, there was no sight of any personnel to start the production. With no confirmation on when and if a stage would be built, the Duke of Marlborough, owner of the castle grounds, withdrew his permission to use his Oxford Oxfordshire estate. And then, of course, it shows here mm -hmm. for your audio folks that the Duke kicked, the, kicked Prince and everybody off of the property. Diamond Productions insisted they could pull off a replacement show on a later date, but failed to provide any financial safeguards. Also, insurance companies were backing out. Eventually, the house of cards they built collapsed, leaving the ticket-buying fans empty-handed. Prince was upset and ordered his team to recompensate the fans, whatever the cost. All ticket buyers were given the opportunity to exchange their Blenheim ticket for any of the 1992 European Diamonds and Pearls concert. This supposedly cost him at least $800,000, where there was no legal obligation for him to do so. British promoter Barry Clayman Concerts, promoter of the 1992 Diamonds and Pearls shows, said that this was the most generous gesture by any artist I have ever known. In the aftermath of all this, the U.S. Diamonds and Pearls tour was postponed and eventually fell through. Five days after the Blenheim concert was supposed to take place, Prince did give one of his most iconic TV performances, though, obviously in the form of the 1991 MTV Music Awards, mm. uh, where he appeared with his butt hanging out, which wasn't his butt. It was just 
flesh-colored <laughs> fabric on his pants. But uh, anyways, that all being said. And, oh, the irony, in the end, Prince and the New Power Generation ended up doing one U.S. warm-up gig at Glam Slam before heading off to tour outside of the U.S. The good news is that is the show that will be part of the Diamonds and Pearls Super Deluxe Edition available October 25th. So, wow. That is the whole story of what the show is that you're going to be getting with this Diamonds and Pearls collection, which is pretty cool. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It, it sucks that it happened that way, but uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have seen the Diamonds and Pearls uh, tour, but, you know, not many folks did. So there you have it. All right. Well, I hope you guys had an amazing time. Here's what I'll tell you. That's all that we have for tonight, but I do have one more announcement, and that is that next week, <laughs> next week, our show will be on Wednesday, not Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. Normally, we do our shows on Tuesday nights, but <laughs> next week, we're doing it on Wednesday night mm -hmm. because we have a very special guest that will be joining us Wednesday night. And she is currently on tour, and that happens to be one of the nights that she has off, and she has worked us into the schedule. Yes. So I'm going to tell you right now, you need to be what's, – what's the exact date on the um, – let me pull this up because that is – I want to be able to mark a calendar. That's the 13th. The third, 13th. 13th. Mm -hmm. So mark your calendars. Next Wednesday, not Tuesday, that's the 12th. Wednesday, the 13th, 9-13. Very special guests are going to be joining us live right here. We're going to be welcoming Nick West. The beast. The beast. Nick West is going to be joining us Wednesday, next week, Wednesday. <sighs> Not Tuesday, Wednesday. So she's going to be here, and we're going to be hearing, of course, her print stories and, of course, She's going to be talking about her existing tour and everything else. And that will be Wednesday. So be sure to be here next week. It's going to be so much fun. Mm -hmm. And um, love it. Love it. Night. Love her. Yes, of course. And uh, it's going to be awesome. So yeah. I hope that you will join us next week, Wednesday for Nick West. I hope you guys had a fantastic time with the show. And uh, here's the other problem is that I can't even turn up. Oh, wait, I can. I can. I can mute everything else. Yeah, I'd like while while you're doing that. I just I do want to say, guys, you yeah. need to support us, Funkatopia. You can go to uh, again Venmo uh, at Funkatopia, Cash App dollar sign Funkatopia, uh, obviously Patreon.com slash Funkatopia, P A T R E O N dot com slash Funkatopia, not Funktopia, Funkatopia, guys. Spend time with us, uh, support us, help us. It goes towards the show and all the things that we do for you. So we really appreciate you hanging out with us. And we did go a little bit longer than expected. And, you know, we appreciate everybody who stayed. And uh, it's always good stuff, especially yeah. with Nick West coming. Ah. Yes. Nick West show is going to be amazing. We'll have, obviously, we'll have purple news for you as well, but we'll have plenty of purple news with Nick West. Uh, I've seen people asking, who is Nick West? Look it up. Just all you got to do is just search for Nick West, N I K. Not N I C K N I K West Nick West, and you'll be Beast. able to find out all kinds of information about her, and uh, it's amazing. It's gonna be yeah. A lot go to YouTube time. and check out her video. She's got some awesome bass videos. Like, ugh, ugh. yeah, and uh, yeah, she 
has stories about jam sessions with Prince and uh, all kinds of things. It's, it's yeah, Prince loved Nick, and you're gonna hear all those stories next week on Wednesday, not Tuesday. And I don't know. I'm gonna have to turn this up over here because uh, I'm on my laptop, so I don't really have anything else other to do. It still works. Good night, y'all. If you missed anything, we'll be on Spotify tomorrow, all right? Bye. I worked through all this technical stuff. I hope to have these technical issues. This wasn't too bad. No, you got through it. This wasn't too bad, but, I mean, I wish I'd have my old system back, but all right, never mind. Good night, everyone. Thank you for coming. Bye. Good night. Go to bed. Go to bed. Y'all got to work tomorrow. Bye. Purple power, y'all.